and then we will do a clap sync in three, two, one. Perfect. Okay. And now for something a little bit different than what we normally do on a weekly basis. Wow. You should have just, okay, you know, isn't that a reference to like the phrase, and now for something completely different? Yeah, yeah. from, uh, from Monty Python. Python. Monty Python, yeah. yeah. Is, are we not allowed <clears throat> to just do the phrase? I don't know, we're like, we're not trying to get sued. I was going to do that, or I was going to say, this is the Tyranny of Thumbs Gaming podcast, <laughs> where sometimes we play a game each week and then we talk about it, except this week. <laughs> right. We've literally undone the entire premise of our podcast for this Q&A, and we are truly looking in the mirror and questioning who we are anymore yeah. <laughs> for doing we're this. We're definitely not. Let's, not, but, let's not, really not overblow it. We're no, not. No, but like in a way, I am, though, and I was saying this a little bit earlier, because I am truly humbled, shocked, impressed, I, 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 stunned. That we can actually make a Q&A episode of other people that we don't know who are just writing in and asking questions. And I I was saying this before the podcast, but that's nuts to me. And I just yeah. I just want to start with that. That is nuts to me. That's very exciting. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Thank um, you. And also, Thank you so much for all of your questions. Yep. Yep. And people wrote some nice things. Yeah. Um, which was nice to hear. And... um. Well, they McCoy know likes McCoy. compliments, in case yeah. you don't. In case you <laughs> that, I was about to reference the exact I require same compliments. Respect, Zoe. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we've already let the listeners know that if they want to write into us at tyrannyofthems at gmail.com, they have to compliment you. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you delete it. So. Which, I, which is, by the way, a very difficult thing for some people to do, because I am a lightly divisive. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> so I can understand if like someone's biting their tongue when they do it, but again, these are the rules. You know, I don't make the rules. Of course, I we do make the we do make the rules. But anyways, okay. Yeah, let's... Of course, like talk shit about the rest of the members of the podcast all you want, but me, I require confidence. No, but if this actually honestly, happened... I think you can also talk shit about McCoy. No, you, you just have to can. also give him a compliment. Yeah, or be funny. Like it's gotta... Right, right. Yeah. Well, because like if if everybody else was getting shit talked, but like in a fun, playful way, and it wasn't me, and I became like the sacred cow, I would get, I would. It would like fuck with my mental. Like yeah. that would be like me waking up on a fucking Tuesday, being like, "Just why am I not worthy of being insulted?" Like I don't understand. Um. So yeah. But but okay. Um. So what we're thinking for this is that we compiled the list. So she put minimal effort in. Therefore, she's gonna run everything into everything. <laughs> yeah. Zoe volunteered. And now we've given her every job. So. Yeah. Which we're very thankful for. Also. Look, don't ever make eye contact in like your history class. You know. <laughs> <laughs> What does that mean? Like your teacher will call on you. You don't remember oh, that being in like history course, class and course. someone's like, so what happened with it? And everyone's just like, oh my God, don't look up, don't look up, don't look up. Yep. Oh, they'd ask for someone to read the passage. Oh, I liked yeah. reading Everybody the staring at their desk, like pretending to sharpen a pencil. I liked reading the passage. Yeah, that's fucked up. It's an opportunity to work on your, um, your orator skills. Your, I was your trying flourishing. to go underneath my table. Well, yeah. <laughs> But like, but that's cool. Like, but, but my favorite part though is you're diving under the table, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sitting there being like, me, like raising my hand, and then she just goes, "Hmm, is anybody interested? Anybody <laughs> like, else? Come on, anybody is anybody who else? is currently under their table right now interested in?" <laughs> well, that's the problem. I mean, not to go on too much, but to him, you did have to learn a balance between clearly not wanting to do it because if you clearly don't want to do it. They're going to call on you and make you do it. And then, like, so there's, like, a there's a perfect neutrality where you just fade into the background and no one notices you that you have to really hone if you don't want to get called on. And, like, there's also a neutrality of, like, if you're too interested, 
then they don't you pick on you. You gotta play it cool. No, you but like, play it cool. Is, it's was, just like dating. It, that's what I'm saying. Like, is this connected? God damn it. That was my whole... I was really setting that one up. Zoe took mine earlier. Look, we know each other too well at this point. <laughs> oh, fuck. It's all... We're all just sharing two brain cells. And what I will say is I feel like some of these listeners with some of their questions that they've written and some of the comments, they, they kind of know us too. It's really cute. Mm-hmm. Um, Like, I know one person references Disco Elysium just to try to, like, give James a shout out there, which Hell is like... Who yeah. did that? you'll figure out who does it because uh i added it to the q a uh, <laughs> that comment so Fuck, yeah. i will they will be revealed the, the opposite of a shout out later to that person <laughs> <laughs> let's do it bro let's do it i'm fucking ready let's go yeah all right so um i so i've com- like mccoy said i've compiled a list of all the questions and i know some of you guys had kind of like multiple parts to your questions um what I tried to do was kind of group questions up by a similar theme. So if you hear one of your questions, but not all of your questions, don't worry. We will answer all of your questions just in time as the podcast episode goes on. So we'll just jump right into it with our first question being from Jackie from Spotify. Yo, what's up, Jackie? And what's Jackie's, up? Jackie's yeah. like the OG. Oh, legend. Jackie is. Uh, Jackie just said, uh, I've always wondered what got you guys to start your podcast. Like, what was the driving force to make this wonderful podcast? Thank you for the games list so I can keep up with you guys. Smiley face. Damn. I the games like list was such a good idea, though. Fuck. Good, like, yeah. I can't believe it's taken us so long to get this Well, again, shit. it was the original idea of the podcast <laughs> Fuck, to dude. have the game list every week. Like, to end the podcast being like, cool, and next week we're going to be playing this. And then it turns out that was hard to maintain. And so we'll see how we do in 2024. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we should make McCoy answer this question because he is the progenitor of the podcast. Yeah. Okay. I actually do have an answer for this question. I know you do. That's why I threw it down. Look at Thank you Sam. so much for doing that. I'm s- almost taken aback that you would <laughs> set me up as opposed to like just fucking pull the rug. But it's uh, thank you, I guess. Um, okay. So back in college, right? Um. And in fact, all of us here went to the same college. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily been true with every single person that's ever come through the podcast, but certainly like the core. There's a brief um, moment in time when we all lived in the same room-ish. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Pretty much. That's, that's ish true. <laughs> um, and ish true is good enough. Um, but, but the thing is what we would do a lot much to Anna's chagrin, which is the one lady who didn't play video games in our group, <laughs> we would just sit at the fucking table and talk about video games all the time. What we were playing, what we were interested, what was new, what was coming out. And it was just a lovely conversation, and we really enjoyed it. Um, and it was just like sort of a habit that like whoever would show up at this approximate time in the dining hall would talk about video games. Of course, we talk about video games all the time. Um, but I just, I don't know. I thought we were like pretty good at that. That's step one um then step two right is like we all graduate we all go our separate ways and we sort of experience like adult life which is like it's you know you hear the memes about it or whatever but it's really hard to like keep up with your friends it's really out of sight out of mind it's really easy to get caught up in in just doing your life and trying to stay on top of the endless to-do list like it's like astonishing how many things you have to do for some reason as an adult um and also I was noticing that at least for myself and I was seeing it in other people, like we sort of had this, I think, sacred time in our all of our lives to play video games and to enjoy just the artistic art form of video games and other media, of course. But especially as you're trying to establish yourself right after college, like you don't have a career, you don't have a resume, you don't have skills really. 
and you know liberal arts college too right you add all these things together it's like it it became really hard i think for some people to justify playing video games and just enjoying themselves and hanging out with their friends and taking time to just enjoy life in that way um because it's not furthering you towards the point where you're not just absolutely terrified you won't be able to make rent sort of thing um and you know you might be able to go on a vacation maybe um and so i thought to myself if i could figure out a way to like insert game playing into work or productivity a little bit which again is like sort of like after all these years like that's still a sticking point where every once in a while all of us have expressed like uh it's feeling a little bit like work and that's us kind of like throwing the balance a little bit um but at that time right it was like you could switch your mindset from you know the sort of guilt of i'm playing this video game right now when i should be doing something else even though i'm really tired to this is, I need to do this this week. This is part of the work that I need to do this week so I can get on that podcast and I can hang with my friends and I can have a great conversation and I can be informed. So it switched that ability and it gave us permission to to play games and to continue to be connected and, and hang out. So it was tying essentially like my tendrils on these motherfuckers so they wouldn't leave me so that I could still have my friends. <laughs> hell yeah. Um, hell yeah. Thank you so much, by the way. Um, and giving us all a reason to be able to uh, play some games in our adult life and keep that part going so exactly and i think like maybe for a time at least when it was first starting off it was like a good way to like share podcast or like to, to share games that we had played on our own times with each other mm. or like you know get people to play the games that you've played at least i know for me that was like one of the exciting points for me was like at that point i had played games like uh tacoma Mm -hmm. and i thought that they were just amazing games and so also this idea of being introduced to certain types of games but as well as being able to share the types of games i had played from graduation you know onward mm -hmm. with my friends was also just like a nice like definitely a like i don't know made the idea very attracted attractive for me um with that that's a really good shout too because i remember that like that sort of and this has happened more and more especially as everyone's like really really personalized with their content and I, I think we as a group are really fighting back against this and maybe even fighting well but it's like you know there was the era of like everybody watches this certain television show everyone's watching the new lost or whatever i wasn't but you know everyone was or whatever or everyone's watching john stewart i have no idea what it is but like there's something that tiger everybody... king oh god well that was a little yeah. later but yeah but kind of <laughs> mm -hmm. um and we really started to get desynced Right. And that's part of the other reason why people just drift, too, is because they get desynced on content. So so Zoe having the power to just be like, this is a game that I want to be able to talk with my friends about. Therefore, buckle up, motherfuckers, you're playing it is a really cool thing. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it's, it's continued to be really cool. And I think, you know, I mean, James, you'd probably echo that sentiment, too. You've got us into a bunch of games that we never would have played, like Slate the Spire. And a bunch oh, of absolutely. Things, so. <clears throat> I mean, games that I was just like kind of blown away by when I played them at first. And I was like, these, these people like they're, they're saying like shit about roguelikes as a whole genre. Like, let me show you some fucking roguelikes. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and, um, and another, another like reason why I was really excited to, um, when McCoy brought the idea up was just like ha having consistent, deep conversations with friends is like one of mm -hmm. the joys of my life mm -hmm. um yeah and 
so I was I was really excited to be able to get that again when I feel like I kind of had lost that in my life um, since leaving college. Um, and so just getting to do that with you guys, it's such a joy. It's such a joy every week. So, yeah. Yeah. I think it's a skill set that we all use maybe more than we like realize consciously. Mm-hmm. It's just like part of us all now. Like yeah. we can have deep conversation if we need to. We can carry a conversation if we need to. We and can... sometimes I forget like in other groups that like they're not groups that are used to that or necessarily want that. And so I'll like go in deep and everyone will look at me and be like, the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> They're like in the kiddie pool and you're just like, they're like, bro, it's nice and warm in here. And you're like, bro, like I'm a professional diver. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Like, like... I, I've been in conversations where somebody will make some like one off little like comment that's like, a little politically charged, but like they don't even realize it because it's something that they just like casually believe. And I'll be like, hmm, I think I believe the exact opposite of what you just said. <laughs> yeah, you would say that in the kindest way possible. Yeah. And and it's it's like so so much like the sort of conversation that I would have with you guys, but like no one else is ready for that. Um Yeah. But I love it. And- yeah, I do you think it's like one of the joys of this podcast as it's turned out? And I think it was like one of your original yeah. intentions, McCoy, was like to, I mean, it is such an unusual thing to like be able to sit down with your friends for like, a, you know, a couple hours and talk about one thing that you've all experienced. Mm-hmm. It, I think it reminds me, I think it reminds all of us of like writing, you know, like we went to a liberal arts school as a group, like writing those like kind of bullshit college essays about whatever book you read for your like Yours lit class or something um <laughs> mine were amazing i mean look mine were incredible <laughs> but i love but you know that's yeah. like it's such a fun thing to do to like really stretch it and see what you can do and so like this podcast gives us some of that and gives us time to just connect as friends and it's pretty it's pretty rad yeah yeah i, I also remember distinctly and this is like you can understand like I'm constantly like, I'm I'm a critic at heart, so I'm constantly judging literally everything, but not necessarily always like in the meanest way. But I am like assessing it, and I remember, like, having individual conversations, myself included, with all of us, and being like, "Damn, we are fucking rusty. Like, we were so much better in college. Like, this is like this is like the adult going straight to lame, like mm-hmm. pa- like pathway pipeline that you see because like you always as a kid would look at adults and be like, they're fucking lame. Why?" And then every once in a while, you'd find an adult that wasn't lame. You're like, how the fuck do you pull that off? Because every other adult is lame. And you know that some of these people weren't lame when they were kids. And I don't just mean lame. It's just, you know, when you get caught up in your routine and not having deep conversations, then you can't have deep conversation. I don't know what else to say. And I felt we were all, myself included, rusty. And that made me so uncomfortable. I was like, I have to corner these people in some long-form conversations and and work on some of that rust. Uh, And I think we did, like, like a lot. Mm-hmm. and uh mm-hmm. yeah yeah and we don't Great. always have Great the question. deepest conversations about these games but uh we can pull it out you know yeah mm-hmm. actually yeah. i will say just really briefly before we go on um of course we're like so nervous that we're not gonna have enough questions and then if we're gonna answer everything like super long form then no, we're gonna be here I mean, hours, yeah. <laughs> no but it's a great question right but like i i think the other thing is we've talked so much over the years about like how to how like to, to do the podcast like in terms yeah. of how do people with 
lesser voices like think guests oh my god how do guests get in on a conversation we're just talking mm-hmm. about this with jamie right like jamie's like sitting there being like holy fucking halo like how do i say anything when you guys talk so much it's like just bully in just shout over someone <laughs> um but we also talked about like deep versus not because like the thing is we at some point i think we were pursuing like a very analytical podcast like and i think like there was like definitely like very early on we have that i, I feel like i hear that in some of our early episodes and we love the analytical stuff like don't get me wrong but we sort of have realized that the core that we really need is like that just sort of like friendship vibes, I think. And like it go mm-hmm. deep if it makes sense. Don't if it doesn't. That, that's sort of what James is alluding to. I feel like a little bit. It's like, but just vibe it. Like enjoy it. Like enjoy the time mm-hmm. you get yeah. to spend with the people exactly. on the topic. That's that's key. And so go deep if you need to. But I think we've loosened our need and pressure on ourselves to go deep all the time and especially dude the times when we tried to go deep on stuff that we just didn't have the depth on nobody wants to do that we don't if we don't know we don't know <laughs> i don't know what else to say so i think we've just personal personal assessment i think we've balanced that up really well like these days that, yeah. that's one of the things that i'm really mm-hmm. proud of it's, it feels very natural so anyways and maybe that plays into the second question that we have which is from mama steam herself uh, she wanted to write in a question, so she did write in one. Fuck yeah. And she wanted Legend. she wanted to know mm-hmm. after you've all decided on a game to play, how much, if any, research do you do before you play it? Mm. And after you play it, how much, if any, research do you do before you record the podcast? Mm-hmm. Great question. Great I bet question. That's different for all of us. And that's my guess. It kind of it kind of plays in, I think, a little bit to how we approached maybe games at the front end of the podcast Mm -hmm. maybe like when Mm -hmm. we first started out in 2019 at least on my end uh i know i was really into i guess like trying to i i I guess to answer like the before question usually i like to go into games completely blind um just to not have any sort of bias going into it and most of my research happens after the fact Mm. um but I think over time, like I myself have kind of loosened up doing research after I play a game. Mm. Um, mainly kind of echoing off of what McCoy said before, though. It's like it, it needs to feel right in order for me to do research on it. Like a game like Starfield, I got done playing it and I'm like, I don't want to touch any more content <laughs> like this game. Never <laughs> hear this word but ever like, again. In a way, like, because like research wasn't done for Starfield, but like we were like soaking up just like review scores and fucking memes about mm-hmm. it and people like slowly realizing that it sucked. So like mm-hmm. there, yeah. so like that was what felt right to be soaking after the fact for that sort of game. I did, right, like I did some of that soaking sort of beforehand, just kind of by accident. That's true. Um, That's true. <laughs> and, but I, I I really don't feel like it um like soured my playthrough. Um I was excited to see what was happening, <clears throat> but I do feel like I was prepared to to see things and then I saw them, you know. Uh like the soullessness right. of the game. Um <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Zoe, were you finished? Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, like, at, at, I guess, like, when starting out, like, with the 2019 games, I guess, for the podcast, I think you would hear me, like, pulling out a lot more, like, facts about the game. No doubt. I think, mm-hmm. usually. Um, and, yeah, in a way, I've kind of become a little bit more lax on that, only because 
I've adjusted my way of talking about the game to be about my own personal experience and my own learning and findings. Although, you know, every so often there is a game that comes up that where I'm like craving additional content from it. Like Soma, even though I didn't finish that game, was a game where after I was kind of done playing it and watched a playthrough, I was just heads down deep into like the video essayist, right. you know, content for mm-hmm. that game um, and being able to talk about it in that respect. But yeah, kind of similar though. Like if if a game just doesn't feel right to do additional research on it, I, I usually don't and usually just now speak from my own personal experience it's it's interesting like on on your process like comment on your process it's like it was sort of an interesting concept of roles maybe in in that like i wonder if because if there was someone who's going to do research it was probably going to be you Mm -hmm. um and i think you've brought some really good research over the years to the right thing at the right time but right but like but like and as my like one of my old bosses was they don't ever say but always say and you're just agreeing and you're saying yes and like, okay and then there's okay everyone's found it's grammatically wrong it just sounds horrible but that makes me laugh um and also though as a lot of people have commented on but we knew from the whole time it's like like your personal experience in particular especially like having gone into genres that are so far from anything you would normally play yourself having to build so much knowledge and so much skill um and so much context is like a really valuable perspective to have so it's like you have to you have to at minimum do both if not like emphasize that a lot because i think people do come here to understand like from where you are like what do you think of this game i think that's been a really valuable sort of storyline through the podcast mm-hmm. right. well i think that's probably true for all of us like i i remember having a conversation with you i'm gonna say years ago but who knows about game reviewing in general mm-hmm. which you know we are somewhat in the game reviewing space but but just in general like one of the more powerful things that used to be more common in game reviewing was that there would be specific people who were reviewing games and so you kind of would know like oh this guy likes these kinds of games i like the games he recommends i'll probably like this game as opposed to when like now it's like you know just like a news organization kind of thing we'll put out a review um and how powerful it is to find someone whose taste you share. Kind of, I mean, in anything, not just in right. games, but like whose taste you share and who you trust what they say. And then you can kind of know, like, and I think that's true. We all have very different gaming styles. But if you are a gamer like Zoe and Zoe loves a game, you're probably going to love that game. Like you can trust mm-hmm. her opinion on it. Whereas if you're, you know, more of a James style gamer, if he hates a game, like that's going to influence your decision on whether you're going to play that or not. Um, and because I think all of us are very different types of gamers. Like you can look at us and say like, oh yeah, well, if McCoy liked it, I probably won't. But <laughs> so, you know what? It's, it's not doing a great job explaining it, but we know, I know what you mean. There's an aspect of that, of all of us being different. And I think with that too, like I think the whole podcast is more moved to like a, if it brings you joy, do yes. it kind yes. of model yes. where like if, if there's a game that's inspiring to one of us, someone will do research on it and be like, I, I, yeah, I really looked into this. I wanted to know more about it. Um, but if it doesn't, then we don't. And I yeah. think everyone, I wasn't there. I was 
there in the background for the early years of the podcast, but wasn't on the podcast. But I think too, like, especially the three of you become a lot more confident as podcast people of just being like, yeah, we do research when we want. We don't have to, we don't want to like, yeah, yeah, you know, right. For sure. Dude, the it brings you joy perspective is like exactly what I was going to phrase it. It's like, because Zoe still brings facts. Like she still, I think, mm-hmm. knows more about like composers and who they are or like developers and like the connections between that than I than I feel like a lot of us do, or at least I do. I'm often yeah. surprised by like, oh, this is connected to that. Interesting. I had no idea. Or, oh, did you know that they had this intention? But those facts were facts that were joyous to discover or were part of your web already. And and I feel like that's mm-hmm. that's so cool to see that it's evolved from from like, I must do this. Because that's that's sort of like the question earlier. Then it becomes maybe too much work at times. If it's like Zoe must be the yarn board person every time. Like that's crazy. Like she's the <laughs> yarn board person when it's fucking Bioshock and she can murder that shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A little different right. than a game we just played. And that's also Bioshock she's played three times, right? Watched all the video essays. It's like that. that's another thing too is that I, I think specifically for your prep and your role, there was an interesting element of like, when you could get us to play a game that you had played already and thought about and consumed a lot of content and really enjoyed, you could like go to this other level with it, which was exciting, but then if not replicatable for a game you had just played that week, just not possible, impossible. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's just realizing that and being like, yeah, that's totally cool. And it is totally cool. Yeah. Yeah. And one and other- I think in some oh, ways- Oh, yeah, yeah, you go. Oh. Oh, I was gonna say, in some other ways, also, it's put, it's taken a lot of the pressure off. I think there was also this kind of belief from some people at the beginning of the podcast of like, if you're going to say something, like it's got to be right, and like you have to like fact check yourself and make sure what you're saying is the correct thing, mm-hmm. um, or at least there was just kind of like that ever looming expectation in some sort of ways. Um, and now that that's kind of been a little bit more lax and, you know, listen, we're human. Totally. Like, we're, we're going to probably save some stuff and it might not be completely, like, factually 100% correct. Um, you know, we are capital G gamers, but, like, are we, like, yeah. I don't know, like, capital G bolded, italicized, underlined gamers? <laughs> I don't know. Like, <laughs> And all I can tell you is that capital G underlined, bold, italicized gamers Sometimes they say things that are wrong. <laughs> exactly. 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 So it's also kind of just been nice to kind of let go of that, yeah. you know, in some ways, like self-imposed expectation as well of yes. like, if I'm going to talk about this, I need to know my shit about it. Mm-hmm. Whereas like what McCoy said, like coming at it in a more like softer, like I'm speaking from this as someone who's just played a platformer for the first time. Like, I'm not going to be an expert at talking about platformers. Like, that's a more valuable perspective. Yeah. And I actually, dude, I think you have, and all of us, maybe in our own way, but specifically, like, the the person who's new at the genre going to the genre. I've seen examples of listeners explain that they followed in your footsteps and were new to that genre and did the same thing and mm-hmm. basically heard your words as the roadmap for for how to get in and how to experience that. And, like, that like is so much it's i'm not sure if it's does it need to be more or less valuable i don't know it's very valuable and it's really cool let's put it that way it's like the opposite of gatekeeping it's gate opening Mm -hmm. and and celebrating the act of walking in the gate yeah i mean you just walked in the gate you don't know what the fuck's on the other side but you're trying to figure it out great (laughs) that's great yeah um yeah and i I, I wanted to say about 
about research, sometimes my ADHD will lead me to research during the podcast. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. It's true. It's true. Sometimes James pops up with a fact during the podcast. Yeah. Talks, sometimes you'll hear clicky, 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 clack, clicky, clack. Oh, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll just like see a flicker of like podcast chat. Our little and channel like, is like eliminated. Mm-hmm. Right. But also like McCoy's eyes will like go red for a second and then <laughs> and then he'll come back. <clears throat> James, do you remember? I swear on one of the early episodes, like episode five or some shit, um, there was one time where you were just like typing really loudly on my keyboard, and I, I swear to God, I like made a comment, just like a really aggressive, like I can't remember. Maybe it was just in my head, but it was just like some just no, absolutely I think that mean happened. shit. Yeah, you <laughs> just you were like, I don't totally follow, and I was like, really, James? Why like, you're so <laughs> shit? <like that." laughs> um. Okay, wait. Uh, quickly on the process thing, though. The the initial question was, how much do you do you? Um... How much research do you do before, if mm. any? And you know, how much research do you do after or before you record, mm. if any? So let me just answer this real quick, just for fun. Um, I would say, yeah, I I really 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 go through great lengths and great efforts to not experience stuff before the game. Um, unless, you know, there's a reason that I've already like piqued my interest in the game and maybe it's like a mechanics game and I'm trying to learn the mechanics or something like that. But I just really, really, really enjoy not knowing what is in front of me and just having such a pure like response to it. Um, and I think that comes from like a really deep-seated confidence that like i can be okay with my opinion even if i'm totally different than everybody else like even if just like the whole all of reddit feels one way about the game and i feel differently i i'm happy to fight reddit on that one like and i don't i don't know but it's really really difficult so it kind of requires me to like be a hermit like i don't i can't really be like soaking up like reddit and streams and stuff like that of all these games and so i have to sort of like so then so then this sort of like begs a question of like how do i even figure out what games are good then if i don't hear anything about any games it's a really weird i like listen to the murmurs of the ground like i can feel when the industry is like trying to point a certain way or i can feel when the reviewers i trust are like pointing a certain way and then i know to like stop and like okay that's good enough that's piqued my interest let's play it for the podcast um and so my propensity to throw <laughs> it's really high with that i just i don't know it's something i think about but um, I think I've landed it a bunch, but yeah. So, anyways, none before, and then I could do more after. I probably could. Um, but I just I do almost none after, too. I just kind of like play the game. I think about it, talk to myself about it in the shower, go on a walk, talk to Elaine about it, or go on a walk alone, talk to myself about it, scaring the people with dogs that are walking past me. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like you're on the safe side of the street as them. They don't cross, and you're like talking to yourself. They're like, "Well, this person is crazy," and I'm like, "I live here." Okay. Do you do you put in earbuds so you can pretend you're talking to someone on the phone? Wow. Um, I don't. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I just sort of pause that part of the vocal conversation and just have it in my head mm. as I pass them, and then I get a safe distance away, and then I just start it up again, and I can just feel their eyes like turn like, <laughs> what? Um, yeah. What what about what about you, James? What's your process? What's my process for for research? Yeah, like like as in how much of the game do you experience through other means? You know what I mean? Like 
Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like it's... I I tend to go into games fairly blind, unless I've, like, heard somebody say a few words about it on a podcast, which I don't, I don't listen to them that often, uh, especially anymore. Um... I don't I don't really do any research going into games <clears throat> um outside of like what people tell me to convince me to play the game um and then afterwards sometimes I'll look things up if something was confusing but like very rarely um I'd rather bring it to the podcast and talk it out with you guys mm. and thank you for that what about you Elena um yeah I mean I do nothing yeah <laughs> i oh, mean yeah. look if things interest i mean i don't so i do nothing ahead of time i'm i think pretty much like mccoy where i i don't like to know um and then if things interest me like if i i will i will look stuff up afterwards um i don't go like as hard into it or as deep into it as Zoe does although every now and then i'll find something that was like really interesting to me and i'll look into it but um yeah, like Pale Beyond, I seem to remember. Like you, mm. that's how you found that like chill beats to freeze to. Yeah, or, like mm. content like that. I think a lot of times like <clears throat> developers will interest me. Like I remember Stray was one that like I read a bunch about the developers afterwards because I I think that part to me is interesting of games of like how and why and who thought of this and how did they do it. Um, same thing, like, I know Greece was another one where, like, I did, I read a mm-hmm. bunch about that game after I played it, which I didn't play that with you guys for the podcast, but, so I think it's very game dependent. I mean, obviously, I think, too, all of us have, like, the outer wilds, right? Like, mm-hmm. games like that, we all look into afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's very much dependent <laughs> on the game and what, what, you know, sparks my interest. But like truthfully though, mm-hmm. like it's it's really interesting because I think you can hear all of that from us and think to yourself like, oh, these motherfuckers don't do any work. And it's like, first of all, that's finely crafted over the years. Like we have worked <laughs> really hard on not doing any work. And then second of all, like I actually think it's a really effective strategy for us to come up with our own experiences. I yeah. think it's like really intentional that we do it this way. And then we try to keep on the minimum our conversations about this game um before the podcast if there is going to be a podcast, like we structure a lot of our like we even have a phrase for it save it for the podcast Mm -hmm. right right yeah it's like kind of taboo amongst the four of us to like talk about it pre-podcast or especially like in pairs like there's been you know there'll be times when like James and McCoy and I are like I don't know doing something else, and someone right. will say something about the game. We're like, oh, Zoe's not here. Like we can't talk about it yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. It, it is I will kind of sometimes like... DM somebody my rage at what's happening in a game, but right. yeah. very very right. rarely. <laughs> and I'll sometimes like work out essentially with someone when it comes to like just producing ideas that will come. Well, you're later an out on. loud processor, so you kind of need someone to. To bounce off. Well, that's what the shower's for. But yeah, no, it's nice. And I'll I'll, like I can sometimes, yeah. But like very specifically, like we at least I would say probably now hearing that maybe all of us try really hard to give the game's first impression, our first impression, if it makes sense. Um, and then we try to give the podcast our first discussion. Yeah, is what Mm -hmm. we try to do. Right. Um, and it's the same reason, by the way, why like 
you know, thank you, Zoe, for compiling all the questions. Like, I'm trying not to read them beforehand, even though I probably could do better on some of them by thinking about them and talking to myself again as I walk by people with their dogs. Like, <laughs> I could probably, some of them would benefit, but others would be detracted from my my initial response would not be then captured. So it's a, a delicate balance of that, I think. And uh, something mm -hmm. I think we've all worked on um, over the years. I personally think it's it's really important to, I've, I've said this before in different places, but I really think this is important. Like, in my opinion, the video game is not just there to like dance in front of you and entertain you. It is your job as the player to sort of dance with the developer's intentions, to figure out what they want you to be doing to enjoy their game and to figure out as fast as possible and to do it. So if that means turn the lights out and light candles, if that means every night for an hour, if that means a huge session, if that means play with controller or not, or if that means have uh, more than one person playing it with you, or if that means, you know, not. I think it's like sort of the game is to figure out like the first meta game is to figure out how to enjoy that thing the best possible way. Um, and I see a lot of people online not doing that, like really mad that a game didn't just like immediately enrapture them and then do everything for them and make them enjoy themselves. But they like failed to get in on it. So I think that's sort of what we were all like honing our craft and doing is like, how do we enjoy, especially got the variety of games we play. It's, it's difficult. Like if you're just in a genre killing it, like it can be easy, but so I think it's it's a lot it's a lot of a lot of process from us honestly. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Um so the next one so actually two different people wrote in but they kind of asked a question that is around the same premise. Um I'll just say one of theirs first and then follow up with these second persons. But Girls Club on Spotify wrote in saying, "How is it so easy for you guys to finish a game?" I struggle so much just to load one up, let alone play it for more than two hours. Any preparations you do? Mm. And then on that same vein, um, Harold wrote to us via email who said, uh, I struggle with finishing a lot of games. Mm. How can you guys commit so much to completing a game? Well, the podcast oh. helps with that. No doubt. I will yeah. say. No doubt. I think there's been a lot of episodes like throughout our history, we're like, oh, I'm really glad we played this for the podcast and I had to finish it because there is like a pressure that we get from each other and from, you know, recording something about it that means that like we finish a lot of games that we wouldn't otherwise, especially games that we don't like. Mm -hmm. um, like we will finish them. And I think that goes for all of us. Like, you know, we have to. Um, yeah. This was a very intentional. Or like if you don't finish it, then it's painfully obvious during yes. recording oh absolutely they haven't finished yes. it. Well, it's yeah. just like, shout yeah, out me have egg on your face <laughs> well shout out all of us all i mean we've us. all done it and it's like yeah it's like not doing your homework right and yeah but it's not doing your homework and like everybody's gonna know yeah yeah well so this was a a design sort of dispute at the early stages of the podcast between us and adam because adam's play style was he wanted to play like 30 minutes to like an hour of a game and call it a day because he's really going for like the loop of it and he was really quick to like getting to the loop of it and essentially just getting bored because he's already done what he wanted to do with the game um and i do see there are plenty of games where that really does fit though and i do think like there are some games that are so long and so large that like how does one complete them at all maybe honestly <laughs> but like for the podcast even and but one of the, th the things I think we really like settled on, or at least I was fighting for a lot early on, was like, especially story games and stuff that have like 
potentially more to show at the end. Like, we've got to see it through because there's every once in a while there's a game that will completely redefine itself or redefine your opinion of it in that final act as things come together. Yeah. And I I just think it's worth giving the work that. And I, I always felt like that's one of those things where I do feel pressure. Um like from the audience. Not that anyone has been really saying these things, but it's like I if I'm if we're playing your game, even if it's for a short time period and we can't really truly be as into it as you are if you've played it, you know, as many times as Zoe has and watched the Iron Board, etc. It's like I wanna at least like have seen it through. I really do. Like in honor of like the person who cares about the game, in honor of the game. You know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But it's hard, bro. Like, and we fight against that all the time. I actually wanted to ask you, there's no answer to this, but that's one of the things that I do wonder if it gets loosened in the future or if it has been lightly loosening since our so principled start and just how we feel about it. Like, in the sense of recently for Tunic, right? Do we need to finish Tunic as a conversation we're having? Maybe, maybe not. In the context of this conversation, it sounds like, well, of course we should finish Tunic. Listen to this. Like, it's, it's such a pride, you know, principle thing we do. And yet, you know, it's a, it is a case-by-case bit basis thing too um so i mean mm-hmm. just just to quickly sidebar into tunic if the boss that i'm on i haven't touched it yet uh since our previous conversation is if the boss that i'm on is the final boss i feel like it's a very finishable game it might be a two-week okay. type scenario but i think it's very okay. finishable if this isn't the final boss yeah um then we'll see there <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean in in general, I think, well, I guess even at the start of the podcast, we kind of tried to limit ourselves to games that only took about three hours long a piece, yeah. uh, which then got, uh, I guess, a little bit turned on its head when I wanted us all to play Bioshock, <laughs> given that that was a longer game. Right. So I think we took three weeks for that. Um, and we typically, I think we what we try to do is have us play games that, you know, where you're we can play a fair chunk throughout a week-long period, like three to four hours at a time in a given week. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, there are games that come about, such as Outer Wilds, where you can't really do an intermediate podcast about that. Mm, Um, You honestly Mm -hmm. just have to finish the game in order to even begin to discuss the game. Mm. Um, And those are kind of just games to play by ear it's difficult especially when none of us have played a game before outer wilds we at least had Raphael to help us help guide us right. into being like take two weeks to play this game like no podcast in the middle to as a check-in like just play it and those ones we like plugged in some serious hours and it was enjoyable enough game to like plug in those hours as well um but it's also kind of a case by case case basis about, you know, what people's schedules look like, you know, the availability that they have as well. And of course, just always giving grace enough to like pivot or just, you know, push something off for an additional week if if people are being pressed for time and you know, kind of like we've said at the top of the podcast, like when it's starting to feel like work and you're not having fun anymore, like yeah. it, usually we try to like waylay an episode by a week usually yeah and yeah i feel like we've gotten looser about that like especially in within the past year um just giving ourselves a little bit more grace yeah yeah to finish a game and do a podcast right as opposed to try to rush it and 
come into the podcast feeling either burnt out because you just did a 12-hour play session to get the game done on time. Yeah, seriously. And, you know, everyone's cranky. <laughs> the house is in disrepair. Like, your fucking life is in shambles. But you're like, I fucking did it and I hated it. Right. And it's like, it, this is the greatest game of the whole year and you hate it now. Like, fucking hell. Yeah. Which we like, I'm not going to say we've gotten pretty fucking close to hating some of the best games in all of the universe. But I... I do think that is something we contend with on this podcast. Yeah, and I mean, some games really, really benefit from that, from giving yourself the space to explore them, like, in its own time. Mm -hmm. And trying to play them with a deadline is kind of antithetical to that. And so, like, it, it does hurt. Like, yes, we finish it, but does it hurt the experience? Yeah it does it can. yeah it definitely has for <clears throat> so like but so it's interesting right so we're answering this question sort of from the other perspective because we have built up our and maintained and really fought for oh can you guys hear me uh <laughs> what a perfect way uh so for everybody who's not uh, in this Discord call right now, um, McCoy just said, oh, can you guys hear me? And then immediately dropped the call. <laughs> <laughs> that was, it would be honest, it was, it was too perfect the timing. <laughs> it was just, oh. Um, so hopefully right, he'll I'm be gonna back soon. i do like a rough timestamp there, but yeah. Yeah, that seems reasonable. Um... Yeah, hopefully this uh, part of the episode is not completely fucked now. Um, and we're back. So listen, um, it's been an entire day for us because my computer <laughs> shut off and it was not the kind type of shutting off that would mean that things are good. It was not good. And it was, in fact, this issue that I've been trying to sort out for many weeks and it had been chilling for weeks. And so I got caught with that on my face but oh, we're gonna try to get back into it um it was <laughs> devastating my pride literally we get back on the fucking discord call on elena's computer and people and james just goes how are you man and i go emotionally devastated <laughs> <laughs> mccoy sounded harrowed like yeah. just oh, absolutely yeah. destroyed it was a hard night i can't explain to you like how much i was looking forward to answering people's questions and how good the flow was and how great so we're gonna try to get it back and here's how i want to start it again i want to return oh and by the way i did things today that i think will fix it so the only way we can really like truly know if i fixed it is by doing something so fun that the gods will punish us <laughs> you know what i mean because <laughs> it's an intermittent issue and i've spent hours just literally like it's on and it's working it's working it's working and then it shuts off and so you know, listen, if I disappear again, you fucking know how. Um, but I wanted to return to the question that we were answering a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. And the reason is because I remember the point I was making, and I thought it was a decent point, wow. right when everything was cut off. Okay? Okay. And this is what it was. The person had asked, how do you finish these games? Mm -hmm. Like, and mm -hmm. they were saying, you know, God, I mean, sometimes you'll even struggle to turn them on, which we totally understand, by the way. Um, and... But, like, how do you finish them? And we were all answering from this perspective of, like, well, we give ourselves more time or, you know, we were kinder on ourselves in the, in the act of finishing them. But it's interesting because we are completely on the other side of this now after all of our practice. But 
we were not necessarily when we started. Um, mm-hmm. Because in other words, they're not saying like, oh, if I gave myself another week, then I would totally get through it. They're like, I lose interest or it becomes difficult to actually turn on again. And then maybe, I don't know if they, I'm now starting to intuit a little bit of what they're saying. Maybe it's something like, and I start a new game that is more exciting and maybe is better. Um, and then I've sort of dropped the thread of the old one. And I did just want to say, like sort of bringing us all back in, is that part of the design of this podcast for us was to, I was noticing in myself, I was stopping to fin- finishing games in my own gameplay. And I was really disappointed in myself for this because I felt like it it stopped me from really knowing, like, like we sort of talked about that last third, which can often be very important, especially for story games. And I just felt like I wanted practice with it. Mm-hmm. And so I think we sort of tied ourselves to this thing that, that pressures us all together. We pressure each other um, <laughs> into finishing games. And we can talk about the bad of that in the sense of sometimes that that will ruin games for us or at least pressure them in the wrong way with a time constraint. But the positive of it is that we do have this engine that we're strapped to to finish them. And I don't know if it's helpful, but I would say back in the day when I was practicing things myself before this podcast, um, I was actually listening to the only other game club podcast that I'd ever heard of at that time before all of this. Um, and they were play, you know, like Hitman and they'd play every level and talk about every level. And I just found it so fascinating to follow them in that and i know we're not sometimes as granular as every level um but i would say i don't know if it's useful but maybe the podcast can help other people like try to finish games i mean obviously they're already listeners so like no it's not helping me you idiot because i'm already here (laughs) but i don't i would just say like i think that is a lot of what's helping us is that fair to say yeah i can't underscore Mm -hmm. like the number of games that we've played for this podcast that i think like finishing them kind of allows for a new perspective in a way um like one game in particular that that speaks to me in particular with this is pyre pyre was a game that i only played for one or two hours way back when and then i was like okay this is all this game has to offer like i guess like this is all it is i'm going to drop it and i didn't touch it for years until we did a super giant games block and for those it was like we are going to see each of these games through all the way to the end, no matter how bad they are. Right. And as a result, like Pyre became w- one of my favorite games of all time as a result, because you get over that hump and you see through to it to the end. Now, like McCoy said, also, this leads to some like painful moments. Like, yeah, I don't know, like we didn't finish starfield i guess starfield I we knew enough starfield, about yeah. it but like there are there are also games that we've played where we get to the end of it and we might give it a meh just to be like all right like we finished it kind of fell flat actually like atomic heart is a good example of that that yeah. is a game where you see through to it to the end and then you're like well actually it's like <laughs> what the fuck but yeah. also like you're kind of really glad that you saw through it to it to the end cuz i would have quit <clears throat> on my own time halfway through that game as soon as you get through the open world i'm at least very grateful i get to see just what bonkers town that game goes through Mm -hmm. even if it is underwhelming in places and that's that's just the nice value about it um and i don't know like it's just we we commit so much to completing a game just because we want to be able to come out the other side and just be like yo, bro, this was not worth our time or, you know, <laughs> right. oh, but this was definitely nice. worth our time. Yeah. And so 
We've talked about yeah, this Yeah, it's not lot. really like time wasted as much as it's just like, cool, we know this about ourselves now. Well, nice. so, so, so exactly. And something we think about a lot behind the scenes is like, um, have we picked too many all-time great games lately? Like, you know what I mean? It's like because of our capacity to go back infinite time scale, any game, any time. And most people are recommending excellent games, which is awesome. There's nothing wrong with that. But but the thing is, like, then you're only playing great games all the time. And you sort of, like, get accustomed to it. And all of a sudden, you become really critical of, like, a masterpiece game when you just haven't really refreshed your palate on some garbage. And that's what we're <laughs> doing right yourself. now with Deadly Premonition. <clears throat> <laughs> True. Call it a palate so cleanser true. for 2024. <laughs> so true. Right at the beginning. You know of the year. that 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 is a game you have to see through to the end. So yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm glad that we're doing it. that. But boy, is it a game? <clears throat> it's a game. Yeah, you know, sometimes I wish my PC would just shut off. You know, <laughs> <laughs> right in the middle of some of the worst dialogue ever written for a video game, you're just like, please, with the, just with yeah. music. Oh God! That Just is Keenan, like, can you come over here and hit this power button with your foot, yes, please? Can you rest God? your feet on top of my computer, please? Again. Um, <laughs> no, well, but... I also want to shout out. Uh, Girls Club asks, like, any preparations you do to play a game for more than two hours? And listen, we're all. I think our method of playing games has maybe evolved over the years. Some of us have, some of us haven't. But mm -hmm. honestly, if you want to go in for a good play session, I recommend water i recommend yeah. exercise before whether it's just sure. going on a walk or just like getting you know just moving your body a bit before sitting down yep. and then also like i also don't think there's any shame in just playing a game for an hour and being like okay it's time for a break um, yeah of course like for us like scheduling wise if there's a game we have to play for the podcast some of us go a little bit more hardcore than others there's mm. i think all of us, there are plenty of games where all of us have like cranked some serious hours into a game at one point just to get it, you know, completed before the podcast. But we also just like try to, I think we all try to do our best to look at our weeks ahead about what time we have available and kind of curate our own gaming experiences. Like I know, James, you like to definitely go for more like just hardcore, like straight hours for the most part with some games. Yeah, <clears throat> but part of that is because I also sometimes struggle with what Girls Club is talking about, about just like even turning on the game. Like that can be the hardest part for me sometimes is just getting it going. Um, and so when I do, like I, I end up getting sucked into it and I, you know, spend X hours and go into the night sometimes and uh sacrifice the next day for it but um <laughs> i i mean i i totally i totally hear what what girls club is talking about with that because i definitely struggle from that problem of like i can't even like get up and you know go from my couch to my computer sometimes i just mm -hmm. need to like decompress and watch some youtube videos after work or whatever um yeah. and um I think that what helps get to playing a game is um, just like, I don't know, um, kind of shifting out of that like nebulous time management of like I have uh, like 
this many hours today. So like that's plenty of time and like actually, you know, putting in your schedule. I'm going to play games for this amount of time this day. Um, I think that that helps a lot. And that's kind of what McCoy was talking about of like actually dedicating time to this and like make when when we were talking about starting the the podcast to begin with was like actually kind of respecting ourselves as gamers and like working it into our schedule so that we feel good about it instead of feeling like it's procrastination. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I, I think that that's a really valuable mind shift that I've done. Um, but it only works sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I just, to, I well said, and, and I just want to add on that, like, that's what I wanted to, I was thinking about it since yesterday. Like, that's what I wanted to add to that person was just, you know, if you can figure out a way to like, it, it would really at this point having a conversation about like full day management and we don't have to go deeply into it, but rather like you, you know, like for me, for example, what I do is I have like a finite list of things I'm going to do that day that I've like labored over already, sometimes in the morning <laughs> at the start of the day, ideally beforehand, but listen, ideal is, is for the gods and not for us mortals. Um, But then when I'm done with that, I'm done with that. You know what I mean? It's like I allow myself to be done at some point in a given day. And after that, and this was like distilled in me and like from kids, like, you know, do your homework, then play. And I hated that so much, but like it really is powerful to like have done the work that you needed to do. It's not everything you need to do. You'll never do everything you need to do, but you've done enough that you feel like, hey, that was forward progress today. And so this time now is for me. And so there's different methods, right? Because you could insert games into your to-do list. And, and we do that, right? For the podcast, that's kind of what we're talking about. Like my list will say, like, play this today. Mm-hmm. Like I need to do that. And so it's cool. I can slot it into my, during my productive work day. Um, but there is something to be said for if I never transition out of like productive move mode, then... I never find mental space for a longer session because I always feel pressured by like quicker things. That's when you find me back in the day playing like games of Counter-Strike. Even if I play for five hours, it's like they're in chunks. So I could like fill the time in chunks and I didn't feel like I had the space to really dive into something. Um, so maybe Counter-Strike is the wrong example. But think like Hearthstone a little faster. Um, probably Hearthstone is a better example. Like all of a sudden I've filled three hours with Hearthstone. And the reason is because I didn't feel like I could, I I had that thing I was procrastinating I hadn't done yet. And I hadn't yet given myself the forgiveness of just, I'll do that tomorrow for real, for real. Now I get to chill. And so there's just, you just have to like analyze where it is. What what is the cause in you? And it's hard, right? We all have different theories about what it is. Um, But I would also say like final point to add to that. One thing process-wise I have loved over the years is I have stopped demanding myself to play a long session at the start of a game because there's so many new systems and so many new characters and so many new things to process in my brain that I will intentionally play it for a short period of time at first. Think 30 minutes to an hour, depending on what I feel, and then I will go to sleep and come back, and that's when the longer sessions start after it's I've digested a little bit. And so I just... That's a small adjustment, but I was a little bit beating myself up for not having longer sessions earlier in the life cycle of the game before I realized that that just didn't really make sense for me. So anyways, lots of Mm -hmm. advice there. Um, Yeah. Next question? Nice. Sure. 
Okay. So next question also comes from Harold via email, hmm. who asks, what YouTube Let's Play does TOT favor the most? Life is Strange, the first one, is one of my favorites, followed by Burnhouse Lane. Damn. That's awesome. Uh, there is one correct answer to this. It is the council. <laughs> if you have not watched the council yet, we highly suggest that you go back and watch the council. It is both the greatest game of all time and also our greatest work. Hmm. Gabe is on that. Gabe and James are fucking They're on so their good, top dude. form. God. Um, like peak, peak them. And it's so good. Mm-hmm. Gabe is really, really good in everything that he touches but i think specifically early playthroughs he was hitting that level of like he just was he just started when we were all like getting used to shit like just dialed the fuck in like mm-hmm. had consumed enough playthroughs and had his style like i think about that when we played layers of fear together i was like damn dude you are carrying like you're just a goddamn engine um right. i think i think james also was really funny and we really figured that out um when we watched the the highlights video when we were all here in december jesus christ <laughs> um i would just say okay for me why the council is really great now they're all really great um and i love hearing that life is strange was great too because like and, and burnhouse lane that more recent one this is like great news for us that we still yeah, have a chance you. to make these <laughs> <laughs> um but uh the reason why I personally liked the council a lot, I'm not sure if I would say it's, you know, I don't know about favorites or what. I love them all and I love playing them with you guys. But but actually what's really rare in a playthrough is all of us being new to the game. All of us. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. council hit that and what Burnhouse Lane hit that, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, council episode one, you guys had played. Yeah. Right, exactly. But, but yeah, the later ending, council episodes. Yeah, the really ending specifically. Look, too, listener, if you you have to watch the council to the end. We understand that some of the middle parts get a little dry. There's a lot of Bible stuff. <laughs> yep. The end of that game is something you we still think fondly on the reveals and just the insanity that was I mean, we reference them constantly. Constantly. (laughs) Because how can you not reference them constantly with reveals like that? So, yeah, it's Uh, the council. mm -hmm. Next question. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, like, also shout out to, I want to give a personal shout out to Heavy Rain as well. Mm -hmm. That was Mm. our, I think our very first playthrough, like full playthrough that wasn't a hype video that we put on the channel. Right. Um, And that one, I think, is just funny, again, because of the cast of characters that show up. I think Gabe's there, Keenan's there, Gabe is uh, feeding McCoy, like, (laughs) When I say feeding, that's not wrong terminology. Feeding McCoy Guinnesses. Um, <laughs> and you can hear it. And it's lovely. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. I really um, appreciate Gabe for that because he helped do what we needed to do for Heavy Rain, which was like give a swan song to that style of really intense like college playthrough feel that we all had in us, but we were slowly maturing as, as individuals. And he was like, it's drunk McCoy. That's what it is. Get <laughs> fucked up and yell at someone. And that's what we them. desperately needed for that game because that game is a thing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and honestly, I think we tried to recreate that magic with the defunct Detroit Become Human episodes yeah. that never ended up seeing the light of day due to uh, file corruptions, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, 
But I mean, I God, think that like game. that being the very first TOT group playthrough, I think was it has a special place in my heart. I think Absolutely. another part is Elena, who um, would join for like snippets of the game, like joined in um, after a sex scene. And mm -hmm. she was so upset. You can hear it in the episode of just there was sex and I wasn't there. <laughs> Foreshadowing to my later contributions on this podcast as a resident, a stay on, and like romance specialist for us. No doubt about someone, it. Someone, it's a tough job. Someone has to do it. You know. I get it. God, I was I think, so mad at that game for its handling of just like everything. Yeah, same. War <laughs> versus bad sex. Just the <laughs> yeah. The, I, in Detroit Become Human, I'm. Oh, okay. Thinking of the. Sorry, I was I got distracted by remembering about the fucking bus scene on that where all of the androids have to go stand in the back of the bus. <laughs> and it's just like it's just it's so heavy-handed and obvious for an American what's happening here. Like I I have to like give it some credit for being a French developer and like they maybe they with their like education system like that's not something that they learned about every year in in elementary school but um yeah it was it was a lot yeah <laughs> yeah i mean dude but but those games are they're just such a unique flavor and like mm -hmm. just in, they're definitely meant i don't know if they're meant exactly for a playthrough they're certainly not not meant for a playthrough but they're like meant to be you have to have someone to point at the screen and look at and go, what? <laughs> like you have to. Right. Yeah. It's like a part of it. Yeah. So it, it was nice to like be able to share that. And it was nice to like, dude, the production setup we had to do for that, like the, how many different versions of OBS I had to be running because you couldn't discord stream in that era. And like the, like shit was in, I cannot believe that. Yeah. That James and I used to be on like three second delays oh my god for that's the right. very early playthroughs and you can tell when you watch them yeah uh, in uh -huh. fact i think we joke about it in the council you'll you'll see us taking screenshots of the, of the uh timed dialogue choices <laughs> mm -hmm. and ruminating over them in the pause screen um but i mean that's that's just kind of what you got to do when you're not all in the same place and i think that just adds to the charm of our of our group playthroughs they're really janky but they have a lot of charm and I feel like looking back, I'm always like so afraid that their production is terrible and that they can't be enjoyed because I wasn't good enough at the time. But they do have a lot of charm. That's I feel like what mm -hmm. I saw when I saw the the highlight reel when I was here and I was really, it or in December and it was really um, honestly it was like really heartwarming. It was like oh yeah, because because I like don't really go back a lot for our content, but I also don't really as a human being, and I also don't from like the standpoint of like if i've improved at all in my like you know ear for mixing or whatever else i'm gonna be so offended by what i hear but what i hear is an honest attempt at just capturing a lot of just really just ridiculous bullshit and smiles and laughs and fuck yeah you know it's like all right exactly all right, i can say that i can say that yeah I this this actually reminded me of something that I wanted to say to uh, Girls Club and Herald for the previous question about finishing games. Mm. It can be a lot easier to finish game a game when you're playing it together with someone else. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, I think that that's something that we've all found with this podcast and with you know with um, like McCoy and Elena playing games together, especially. Mm is that like that's 
like two people, one controller or whatever, you know, it like it's actually kind of joyous if you have buy-in. Um, so joyous. And I mean, you need buy-in for that, but like it, it's kind of like watching a movie together, but you're mm-hmm. both engaged, you know, in that, mm. in the decisions yeah. in like trying to figure stuff out together. Uh, it, it's great for like sparking conversations and everything. So um, I would highly recommend um, an honest effort to, to find somebody to play games with. <clears throat> Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you, and especially if you're just starting this pattern with someone, um, you may need to reach a bit across the aisle when it comes to game genres. And you, that, that like, until you guys are completely in sync, like it's difficult it's just, I don't know, I think about this all the time. And I think about this because, like, I used to play games with Matt, for example, when I was a kid. And we were completely in sync at that time. And then as adults, we were, like, trying to play games together in the same fashion. And we had to, like, find the much then smaller overlap between us. Mm. And we found Dead Cells. And it was really great. But it was, like, so different than when I was a kid. When when it was, like, literally all, all of our interests were completely aligned. And I just realized, like, yeah, like, there is actually a process of aligning. Um yeah. And I think if you if you recognize that, then you can go to their zone if they have a zone and like have them teach you that zone and that can help bridge the gap. Mm-hmm. Um, unless they just don't game, in which case you're just like, get on my back. Let me show you the <laughs> way. Um, and Discord streaming is so fucking wonderful for this. Jesus Christ. Like it is yeah. so wonderful to the point where it's like there are half hearted, maybe three fourths hearted jokes of like zoe's mom streaming soma to us like and like this is not real but it could be real like that yeah. is so ridiculous it's so that- easy to stream to your friend on discord like you don't need any extra you know, apps like anything it's so easy like because before and everyone on this podcast knows this feel like mccoy schedules hour and a half production set up with you to walk through obs it's like you don't need that <laughs> Like, you don't need that at all. Like, you can just press the button and it fucking works. And then when it doesn't work, it's really cringe. But, like, damn. It's it's that piece gives me, like, hope for society and humanity. Because it's like, damn, like, the kids can play games with each other even if they're not next to each other. That's so rad. That's so rad. Um, save some bandwidth for me, though. I'm using it all the time. <laughs> so, anyways. Um, yeah. Fair point. Yeah. Okay, so our next question comes from Chris, who asked, to Zoe, Zoe and Elena specifically, have nice. either of you had to deal with gender-based toxic comments or shit takes? Mm. And then to the podcast as a whole, you know, if so, how do you choose to deal with toxic comments or shit takes? He doesn't mean from so, us, right, as to jokes. <laughs> yeah, right, <they, laughs> I was no. going to say, all of our toxicity comes from McCoy and James. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> shout out to Brian. <laughs> our most toxic friend. Um, Zoe, you've been gaming for a lot longer than I have and like in more public spaces for longer. Do you want to go first? Because I feel like my experience is probably pretty different from yours. Um, Maybe. I, I actually... So I've... I think I've only... I, I am very, I guess, private online when it comes to gaming in terms of I, I usually don't like to reveal that I am a woman when I game. 
Um, I like to think that my username handle, um, which I don't want being said right now, but like my, my username is <laughs> good, good shout to oh, McCoy to be like, my gamer handle is pretty neutral, I'd say. Yeah. Um, and I do get very nervous when it comes to voice com um, games in particular and try not to talk. But like, I've honestly not had any i want to say you know negative toxic comments or shit takes like especially on the podcast i want to underscore like mm. it, we've gotten nothing or like i've gotten nothing but lovely comments from you guys via the email tyranny of thumbs at gmail.com nice. um but and i i think for that i i'm really i'm really grateful for that and it kind of just gives this nice um i think more genuine picture of what the gaming scene could look like, especially when you go online and you just see like, you know, live stream fail clip after live stream fail clip of like, here's a woman getting harassed mm -hmm. and you're blah, blah, blah. Um, and I'm happy to say I haven't really experienced any of it. And I'm, I'm so, I'm so grateful for it, like with gaming and also with the podcast as a whole. Um, like I said, all of my, all of the toxicity I face comes from like our inner circle friend yeah. group, from like Brian and, <laughs> and Brian and Gabe, it. <laughs> and it's yeah, exactly. It like, means that you're included, you know. Yes. You're exactly. one of the boys. It's ribbing. Exactly. Bro. It's ribbing. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I say that in jest, of course. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you want to go ahead, Elena? Yeah, I guess I would say. I'm probably I'm the most recent gamer on the podcast. I started gaming pretty much like when McCoy and I met in college um and I, so i've always gamed in like what i would consider to be like really insulated spaces um where you know like i didn't ever solo queue by myself in sure. valorant um like i would play with other people and that i think makes a huge difference because I could feel comfortable voice calming and know that like if someone was like, oh, you know, if someone said something crazy, like I was there with like McCoy and James. Right. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. It also really helps to have friends who set the tone. Yeah. So like, you know, when we're when we would be playing Valorant together, we wouldn't say like, hi, guys, like we're a three stack or we're a four stack. It would just be. If I said something, McCoy would just respond in like a reasonable way. You know what I mean? Like, or James would be like, great, thanks. Or, like, it was just, they set the tone. And so, yeah. and Valorant was definitely a game that I played the most with like voice comms and like interaction with other humans in gaming. Um, and I think there I mostly had some like funny interactions with people who would yeah. realize that I was a woman and were like, surprised enticed by that like wanted like yeah. i got a lot of advice um yep. which you know you can make of that what you will of like people being overly excited that they found a girl who's gaming um but i think that was more of my experience with it and like back in the day like playing league you know league is so toxic in general but like right. i do remember <laughs> getting a couple of comments because I have a, I have a username or a gamer tag that's like maybe leans slightly more feminine. I think people like maybe guess more that I might be a girl. It's got some yin energy. Yeah. It's a little it bit. It does, dude. <laughs> it's nothing crazy. It's not like, I don't know. It's not, but it's, and so I think I remember getting a couple of like off comments, but I was also really bad at league and I think I would have been flamed out regardless. And so, Oh, no doubt. Um, 
yeah, I haven't like indirectly in gaming had a ton of exposure with it. And I also, again, like I've gamed in really insulated spaces where really the only game I played where it would have been a thing, I think, was Valorant. Like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I never played COD or that would have had like proximity void. I mean, like, and none of that mm-hmm. was ever something I did. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. yeah get, get you some homies that can set the bar for the other people in your party. Um, right. I think it's really this, valuable. This does like jog my memory mm-hmm. that like I was playing COD with Brian and Gabe at one point and I voice commed one thing, got a weird, co- it wasn't mm-hmm. negative or toxic, but I got a weird comment from somebody on our team, like one of our randos and both Brian and Gabe were just like, shut the fuck up. You know, you kind of feel like you're yeah, like some suddenly with a bunch of brothers and you're like, <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. thanks. And like know what that rando did he shut the fuck up yeah that he shut the fuck <laughs> yeah. up. no doubt about it and i feel that way about all of us all of you guys too as being a bad gamer because i also came into the squad with the least gaming experience and so like i think out of everybody i'm the most likely to get flamed at by randos just based on skill level mm-hmm. not based on my gender but just like yeah. i'm gonna be bottom of the scoreboard and if you're watching me play valorant it's gonna look a little fucked up like it's gonna look <laughs> not good um so true dude. And so, like, people, what i love about watching you play valorant yeah. really quickly is that it looks so fucked up and then you just lizard brain snap to someone's head and just assassinate them and it's just this like bizarre like the, like you'll have a shot of that like randos who said <laughs> yeah oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i remember when when little alex said oh one time he was just like dude because he was like sitting there going like well she's looking the completely wrong way to for this fight yeah, because she has no idea my movement is real sus <laughs> no it's real sus but you look just i think sus is the right way to describe the way you look because you look super fucking lost and then like i said lizard brain headshots which that typically is just i want you to know that is the style of a cheater is they look confused <laughs> yeah, no, I, but they yeah. can shoot people insane i look like a five-year-old trying to play a video game and then like an a pro like a straight up i like but anyways um so yeah but i think just in general like having people around me who i knew were like safe people i mean they were gonna stand up for me has always been really nice in gaming and i know is like a great privilege of the way that i started gaming and like the group that i belong to but um definitely helps if you can find some friends who you know have your back I think mm-hmm. I think yep. it really helped when we were playing Valorant together to like just have people treat you like a human being, like yeah, when right. you said something, you know, it like sets the and, tone. Yeah, because I feel like yes. a lot of the times, like it, I I I seen it in like Overwatch and shit when I would play that back in the day. Of like, if nobody did that, that's when the toxicity would come out. It's because like yeah. one person would say something fucked up after a girl spoke. Yeah. And if nobody responded to that, then other people would start going, you know? And just like weirdness. Like, too, I think a lot of what I've seen in like online gaming spaces, I don't know if it's always toxic, but just like all the weirdness around you being a girl, like an obvious girl in gaming, right? Because it's less so these days. And I think that's the other part that's helped me is like, I mean, I started gaming at a time when it was a lot more common for girls to be gaming and to be playing games like Valorant. Or, like, back in the day in Counter-Strike, like, that would have been real weird for me to voice comment in a Counter-Strike game 15 years ago. Like, oh, that would have gotten some attention. Oh, yeah. I wish I had, too. I would have loved to see what that was like. But oh. um, but it's a lot more common now. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think most of what you're dealing with is, like, people who just don't 
don't know what to do, like don't know how to act. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, having anyone in the game, and I would say that too to like male gamers who are gaming in those spaces, who are like playing Valorant. Yep. If a girl is voice coming, like respond to her in a reasonable way and be the person who sets the tone for everybody else. Like you don't have yeah. to be her friend, but if she says, I don't know, like, yo can you drop me that just be like yeah sure Mm -hmm, just say something totally normal and 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 it sets the tone for the whole game of like this is just a person who's playing games with us and And then we'll say that person will be so much more likely to call out like anything that happens in the match if they feel like they won't be flamed you know and it's just like it's the right thing to do you're just being a nice human but like the real Mm -hmm. advice for us and our listeners in this regard if you find a girl gamer and you are not one although one of my some of my favorite interactions are two stealth girl gamers finding each other because they yes. were playing the same site that was so fire that was so fire where she was like hey there's three and she's like oh my god you're a girl like it was just like <laughs> <laughs> it was so fire and i'm like ladies ladies they're attacking the site <laughs> like, <laughs> um but like but the thing is uh from our perspective right I, like i just would assume for the most part and i bet you i'm right that our our listeners are nice people i i would say like there is a temptation to be like overly nice when you see a girl and you want to be accepting and it's yeah. it's, it's more so what elena described I, i've learned over the years it's like it's literally the neutralness of the, yeah. the non-plusedness yeah, of that six yeah but but you want to like be the good guy it's a really but common that's where problem. That's it gets weird. Don't exactly. That's be, what I'm saying. That's what I'm be, saying. Like, don't be the good guy who's like really overly solicitous. Solicitous? Soli- I have no idea. That sounds... Salacious? No. No, these are wrong words. <laughs> I think it's solicitous. Like, just, but like overly don't, candid. Yeah, don't get too in there. Like, we're just like anybody else. Like, we're just there trying to play a game like on like a Thursday night. I get it. <laughs> um, I would also say that like th- this, you know... Okay, this is like my hot take on this situation. It has been my my whole like I would say since college probably, where I've been sort of like really analyzing the online sort of gaming scene. I think that there is also this like I don't fight this battle personally, but I, if I if anybody wanted to, if anyone's like, "Hey McCoy, like I want to play like Valorant with you, but I really want to be like I want to be like a valuable teammate, aka like I want to literally just be like the boys. Like I want all of that value." Um then you have to calm, you have to speak, you have to speak to random people. And I think there is a lot of technique as the girl as to how you should communicate as well, how you should open the communications, how you should set the tone as well, like that the way you want to be communicated to. And it's all, it's not with words, it's with tone, it's with actions, it's potentially with you communicating maybe even a script with your teammates, the ones that you brought in the game with. Um, it's a demeanor because for example i have played with random girls in counter-strike that got no flame and it's like they had a like i had big brothers and i've dealt with this bullshit before attitude while being nice but still being like i'm not here to take your bullshit like was a really powerful stance that i've witnessed over the years um and so it's just it's one of those things of like i I, what i see a lot truthfully is i see it's it's exactly the clip live stream fail sort of negative echo chamber where if you're not careful you can see endless examples of people being huge dicks to women online and then you might think jesus christ online's a nightmare for women and then you might be really hesitant to go out there and then you might be really hesitant when you are there and hesitant is not a good stance and tone to set and then that 
like sort of invites these weirdos to like come out of their shell a little bit. And I've seen this over and over and over and over again. And it's just one of those things of like, it, there's a lot. And so if you want to be so You need a little bit as... of top energy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, James. Thanks, <laughs> um, Yeah, tell them that you, they, you fucked their mom. You know what I mean? Um, but no, it's just, it's just a really interesting like dance there of like how to do that. Cause I would say I've worked a lot on my own tone setting for my own self, because actually like, if we look at all of us, I've probably received the most toxicity in an online game of anyone. Well, you've also been in the most online games. That's what I mean. Yeah. And but it's not, not a big part of your... so it's different. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that I still defend against toxicity with the tone setting and with the being reasonable and being kind and listening and like trying to like put the positive energy forth that I want to receive back, like really overflowing with like essentially psychological tactics. So it's not that one needs to do this um, and go out there and do this if you, because you will receive some level of bullshit, which I think you need to like turn into like, this is ridiculous. What the fuck is wrong with this person? And if you can't do that and it like starts to sit on your soul and it makes you feel bad about yourself, then maybe this isn't worth it in general. Um, but I will just say, I've played with a lot of girl gamers these days. A lot of these, like, girl gamers that have come up with their friends, all of their friends playing games and stuff, and they just, like, bro, they they have figured out their tactics to stop that shit in its tracks. And I don't just, and not just with their friends, with their friends too, but I mean, they themselves have stances, tactics, techniques. It's really beautiful, honestly, to watch. There's, there's just a new crop of them out there that are much more experienced and have been doing this for a long time. And they... They get their fucking games in on Thursday when they fucking want to. And they don't let these fucking guys stop them. And uh, so I don't know. There's all that swimming around in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think what you've, what you've touched on with, like, coming at things with, like, empathy and kindness and, like, trying to open up a kinder avenue of, like, conversation. That is also just how we as a podcast aim to, like, mm. respond to toxic comments as well. Um, or at least, you know, negative criticism. Um, I think, honestly, like I've said, we've only had maybe like one person ever say ever that McCoy has trash takes, which you know, has now become a meme at this point. Uh, that is like so the most, good. I guess if you even want to call that negative, like that's the only, I guess, yeah. thing that's come up. And like, the thing is, McCoy responded to that with empathy and kindness and understanding. And guess what? Like, that ended up being, like, a wonderful story to, yeah. like, you know, end on. And that's kind of just how we yeah, how we aim to, like, look at these sorts of things. So, like, obviously, like, if you have qualms about our podcast or whatnot, like, you know, we invite you to share them. We're always <laughs> looking to aim and improve. Well, hey, we're, we're always looking to improve. Listen. Yeah. Um. Just know we're going to come at you with empathy and kindness. <laughs> yeah, and ready. Like, and we know. might flame you a little bit in, in, you know, on the podcast, but like, yeah. right. but like with empathy way. and kindness though, you know, it's yeah. all in good jest. <laughs> I, I will say like that initial negative, like comment and review, et cetera, like through a handshake between me and them of kindness and empathy, an effort on both sides has turned into like such a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. And it's just mm-hmm. like, damn, like, such a great call out sorry, of that because to look at that bro like we literally like did fucking alchemy or something we like turned mm-hmm. 
a, a bad day that person was having where they just and listen bro i can what i just said is literally gonna get emails <laughs> like <laughs> hey man could, did you have to say it like that you know you're not really understanding this and bro you're probably right um and so you know fair enough but we, we do our best to to try to be yeah kind and, and empathetic in the way we speak and, and i think when you, you jog my memory a bit of like i i think it's working already like if we get meta with it of just the the questions and the things that people wrote to us for this Q&A were really fucking nice. And I really believe that is a lot of us putting that out into the world and like that resonating with people and then yeah. coming back to us through their version of it and that part of them. And uh, mm-hmm. I just, I love that this is exists. This is such a beautiful part of, of humans interacting and it, and it is true also in online games. Mm-hmm. Like I have, when especially when the Counter-Strike games were longer back in the day, it was more about getting your team to work together than it was about being good. And I loved that because you had like an hour to figure it out between these fucking guys. How do we fucking cover this site if you're not going to tell when you stop watching that shit and then your friend gets shot in the side of the head and then he starts tilting? Like, how do we figure this out? And actually problem solving skills between people and kindness and empathy were more powerful skills than like aim was at times. Um, and so, mm-hmm. just a weird, beautiful thing. I don't know, but I, we, we're using it to this yeah. day. We're we're using it on you guys right now and on each other, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Which then leads to our next question from Girls Club, who's just asking, "Where's Raphael?" Hmm. Raphael is uh, he's still out there. Um, he's vibing. He's probably yeah. playing. Something right now. He might even be playing Valorant. He's been. Uh, I've noticed he's been playing Valorant, Valorant again recently. recently. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we still play Halo together sometimes. Um, 2022 threw us all out of sync for a while. It was a really rough year for us, and we weren't able to get back on the same page. So uh, he's not a part of the podcast anymore, but we still love him. Yeah. Yep. Yep. In fact, I think like it was important for us to to make that like change all of us so that we could yeah. still love each other, if that makes sense. I think like we just vision wise were not on the same page and that was like grinding, I think. I was gonna say, like it's it I don't know if it sounds apparent to you as a listener out there, but like there are a lot of moving parts to like what like to operating a podcast and it really does depend heavily on all of its pieces being in sync. Mm. Um and so usually if there's just a conflict in, in vision, um, or a conflict in um, you know, theory about how things go. Um, in, at the end of the day, you want to remain friends and like, yeah. keep, keep that and cherish that. Yeah. And he was doing us a huge favor by like coming in and adding a new perspective and new games and, and like, hadn't we just lost a, you know, like a member at that time? Like he, he did us yeah. a really large favor by, by outreaching and, and helping us with that. And so it was like, we should not just torch everything by just fucking it up basically yeah Um, yeah yeah. but i mean ultimately Raphael is awesome um Mm -hmm. and so you know maybe we'll we'll collaborate again in the future we'll see Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, definitely see like if we ever play a game that he's really into um 
Outer Wilds comes out with an Outer Wilds three, who knows? Like, <laughs> yeah. you, you can you can bet that Raphael will be there for those yeah. episodes if he wants to be. If he yeah. wants to be, yeah. of yeah. course. <laughs> yeah. No, Zoe yeah. will literally force him. She yeah. will go yeah. to his house. <laughs> and she will tie him to the chair, Clockwork Orange style, which is, I guess, a dated reference question yeah. mark. Um, oh, no. <laughs> oh, good impression. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Fair. But yeah. Okay. Oh, and I just want to um, say, I just want to say just quickly on that, like, without, it's like, you know, this is a weird thing podcast people and like people with microphones have to do sometimes. It's like they have to be not exactly specific. And that's not because we don't want to be truthful. It's rather just you. It's not our story oh, yeah. entirely. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, we can't just sit here and like give our perspective just off the cuff because does that make sense? Like, this is just something that I see a lot in a lot of different podcasts. And I just have a new and found empathy for it of like, you just have to respect people for their their thing if that makes sense so i don't know yeah. if i'm like yeah yeah but we also never yeah. really addressed it so right yeah so yeah. there we are there you have it yeah cool so then this is where um if you've done your homework you know you'll be able to answer this question but otherwise some of you will be scrambling oh fuck <laughs> oh, so, i didn't know there was homework okay okay from Ready to scramble. from chris was there a game someone else chose that you secretly expected to hate and you ended up really liking? Not just being okay with, but actually really liking. Mm. I have, I can go immediately if mm. people need time to oh. think. Sure. Go, go, go. Um, the first one that comes to mind is Green Hell. Mm. Green Hell is a survival, like, semi-horror game that Raphael chose as part of his, his like, survival um block and i expected to really hate that game and i really liked it and i was super it was one of those moments in gaming where i was like really surprised at myself um that i enjoyed that game it was something totally unexpected for me that i didn't think i would like and i ended up really liking it that was that's the first one that comes to mind for me Mm. nice i think i have a couple more but yeah that's the first one I've got, I, I mean, I think mine, whenever I th- just think briefly on this, I think barred on it's got to be Mass Effect, the Mass mm-hmm. Effect series mm-hmm. uh, for myself. Um, when Gabe had proposed playing the Mass Effect series, um, I mean, I didn't know much about the game, really. I just knew there were blue chicks in it. And <laughs> at times the blue chicks are naked and, and this like, appeal to you, but the rest of us are like, interesting, interesting. <laughs> like, I, like I have a vivid memory of like seventh grade or like eighth grade, like the boys in my class talking about having like a sex scene in Mass Effect one and how like, oh my God, it's so cool because you see a little bit of a nipple in this corner here. It's so cool. And I just remember being like, ugh, it's, it's not my kind of game. Mm-hmm. Um, so when Gabe proposed playing all three of the series, um, I think I came into that just being like, okay, well, you know, this, this will be my, my burden to bear for, you know, three months, um, of just begrudgingly getting through the game. And, um, and then that was my job. (laughs) (laughs) True, 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 true. Um, I, I did approach the game a little bit differently at first where I was like, well, I should probably play as male Shep because that is what the developers intended, but not really understanding that femme Shep and male Shep are like both canon in that game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think after I restarted the game as a, 
as femship um is when i just i i was really shocked at how much i liked that game yes it's still got its jank yes it still writes some women characters horrendously but honestly some. to me they've become like it's become like jokey and memey for me at this point like miranda's ass lives rent free in my head <laughs> i mean um, as it does in all of our heads <laughs> so true um but i was honestly really surprised at how well i liked that game and it is a game that i i like to come back to time and again just to just to replay just i i love immersing myself in that world it was really surprising how much i liked that yeah. Yeah, I was glad to like not not that I was just glad to play more of that cuz I'd played the first one back in the day. I was like, "Damn, this is amazing." And then like 2 was controversial in terms of like is it better, is it not, is it good or whatever. And I just I don't know. It's so weird to think like 2 is controversial too, especially like now sitting all back and looking at it, but I just remember like somehow getting bounced off of it. Maybe it like took too long between games or it wasn't even that long. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. So I was just glad to go back, to be honest, and like see it through. Um, yeah. In terms of games, I'm sure there's a lot of games that would fit to this, but I cannot think past Slay the Spire for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's a really mm-hmm. good one. Because I expected to either... Well, first of all, I don't really like roguelikes in general, or at least I didn't think I did. I think the right one fits nicely. Um, But it's like it's it's i expected everyone said it was good and i thought well if everyone says it's good then like there's probably some fun to be had here and i was like expecting to have some fun and i feel like what i got instead was an incredibly deep game that i just kept mining for depth and was watching like George was overexplained on it and was just like digging into the depth of the game and the strategy and like how to make the decisions and feeling myself getting better and better, going further and further, and just just being, frankly, truly astonished at how much I enjoyed playing that game and how much I enjoyed um, the act of trying to be disciplined playing that game, trying to slow down and play that game with great intention to make sure I didn't make any mistakes, how hard that was, especially as you get more experienced, you think you can just play faster, and then you make that one mistake that throws your run, and just, like, I love that stuff. Like, that stuff is, like, really, like where I want to be doing the personal work on myself of like, okay, I know you want to play fast, but you got to play slow and you got to play it perfect because we're going all the way. Like I'm sitting down, like this run is going all the way. And, uh, and I love playing it with you, Elena, and I love mm-hmm. playing it with all sorts of people. And so goddamn, like, like, and I think that like changed the trajectory of my understanding of those types of games and my understanding of deck builders and my understanding of card games, even, like maybe hearthstone did that too but i i feel foundationally changed after that game i think yeah it's a good call out yeah james do you have any that you can think of i really don't i feel like i tend to go into games expecting that because you guys chose them there's something there um (laughs) Except for Deadly Premonition, eh? That gives us a lot of credit, <laughs> where maybe credit is not due, but thanks. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, but, <laughs> I mean, but, like, then there's also the games where you're like, this is going to be a trash fire, and I'm like, all right, so I'm going to hate it, and then I hate it. And mm-hmm. um, so I, I can't really think of a game that I was, like, 
expecting to hate. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't tend to expect to hate games very often, except like mm. our Mikulski games. Um, <laughs> yeah, Armakulski and Life is Strange. Those are your. Two I mean, I was right. I was pleasantly surprised by Burnhouse Lane, but it also had some of the lowest lows in oh gaming history. So, Agreed. Um, oh you know, like there's, you know, we maybe Armakulski's next game. I'm going to be surprised that I actually love. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Dude, that's the arc that I want so much. Listen. I don't know how it all comes together, James, but you've been going to spin class. I don't know how it fits, but yeah. somehow Armakulski is going to Maybe find that's its maybe way. that's the hidden the <laughs> hidden tech is spin class makes Armakulski games better. Mm. I'm not sure of that. I don't think that's going to be the case. I don't, I don't think, think it, it is, is true either. either, but I think it'd be interesting to chart. Um <laughs> it feels like one of those charts that's like true but not true. You know what I mean? <laughs> um like that we made a battle somewhere. But um yeah. I, I feel like if I was looking at a list of games, there'd be like I know. so many. Well, but I also feel like there's been so many games over the years of the podcast that have been surprising to us in lots of different ways. Mm. Um, oh, you like, know what I'd like I to... mean, who wasn't shocked? Oh, my God. Well, my water bottle that's fucking way too big just fell and sprayed, <laughs> splashed water just all over the place. Oh fuck, <laughs> dude! The fucking ASMR of that was so intense. Was so I could good. feel that. <laughs> um, well, I was just waiting to try and figure out who it was. I, I, there was two things it could have been: someone knocked over a water bottle or a dish, right? Mm -hmm. Or someone's mic just finally came loose, just fell off, off the fucking, <laughs> you know, and just, just fucking crashed down. Because I'm, I swear to God, I'm just, I just play with this thing constantly and like tighten it. That's like all I do. It's just tighten it. That's my little like, mm -hmm. you know, stress ball or whatever. Um, but I think I can remember this. So like as I was saying, the there's been so many games over the years of the podcast that have been surprising in different ways. Like a like right like Pyre is when we classically talk about. Pyre's that was probably very surprising. a good one. But mm -hmm. that was surprising to us not because like someone else chose it and we thought we were weren't gonna like it. We just thought it was um, a trash basketball simulator, and it's not. So I feel like this must, I mean, I think it's a great question of like, what game did somebody else choose that you were like, oh, fuck, we have to play this. Because um, I feel like that's a, it's a, it's a niche in the surprising games that we've played. The other one that comes up for me and that we should not talk about for all that long because we can talk about it for hours, but it's Halo. Mm. I thought mm -hmm. I was going to hate Halo. I mm. played that pretty begrudgingly when Gabe was like, yo, Halo's good. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck, like a sh military shooter space thing. Like one of these like big games, like, you know, the boys play. And it's like, um, turns out Halo's great. But it's so know, funny. It turns out a lot of games that Gabe recommends. Um, I think in a way we all kind of approach it being like yeah yeah gabe like right, yeah. right. like i'm sure but right. we, yeah, we, like i know right now like the thing is he's he's hit so many I, times that's the thing yeah, yeah. With his games he's trying to get me to play titanfall 2 right now Ooh. saying titanfall 2 has the best story and i look at titanfall 2 and i'm like i don't know and i'm like but have you ever missed? I That's like you've got a good yeah. track record, I guess. So like, he has missed. We just missed, did Game but... of the Year, and like half of the games that were in the top of Game of the Year were games that Gabe chose. The thing is, like Gabe, Gabe has he has an engine to play games 
with which the likes of all of us cannot compete. Like, and so he has just played so much that, like, he he does not, like, fail to reset his palette with some trash. Like, he's the one beating, like, games that are mid, like, casually on his own, like, repeatedly, just for, like, for fun on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Just he, to feel something. Just to feel something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly just to pass the time to be honest till till the sun sets but like i it's, it's god yeah it's really like there's a large conversation here that i feel like should be had over fucking like i don't even know like a campfire or something but he is really often right this is just like one of his traits and you'll notice it when he's really mad at his friends for not listening to him. Like he'll be like, I told you it's one of his biggest frustrations. You can sort of hear it come out is him being right. And he's not always right, but he has a really high hit rate and couple that with he, I think still to this day has maintained. I used to have this and I've lost it. And that's how I know he has it. It's this skill of, he doesn't just recommend a game because it is good. He recommends a game because it is good for you. That's yeah. like a really mm. powerful and beautiful thing that he can do. So I am the one who sits there at my work and someone asks me, oh, you have a game podcast. Like, what do you recommend for PlayStation? They've played Assassin's Creed. That's it. And I say, Last of Us. <laughs> because it's incredible and it's undeniable. And they go, I don't know. It was a little much. It was kind of hard. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, I did not do a good job translating what they were telling me, right? And then I come back and I say, you should play Stray because it's kind of like Assassin's Creed, but with a cat. And, like, I, like, can do a better <laughs> job if I really try. Um, but Gabe still has that thing where he's trying to land the piece of content in your particular taste set. It's the same with music he recommends. He doesn't hit with every piece of music that he recommends, but a lot he does. And it's not just it's good. It's good for you. So that's it's just a really honestly powerful thing and i can't believe he's been able to keep doing it in uh, in this world where we're all just completely isolated in our own worlds you know what i mean like our all of our youtube recommendations just telling us shit that we already like he has somehow figured out how to find shit that we that we like um outside okay, our of next podcast block should just be gabe should pick a curated game for each of us Oof. zoe oh, plays shit. titanfall i play the halo campaigns like i don't know what he chooses yeah. for mccoy and james and then we come back and see if we he like chooses them. the halo campaigns from mccoy and james so he can play it with all of us yeah, <laughs> and just zoe's just by herself yeah you're like, like, yeah. like sorry no, I've Zoe's <laughs> over there crying to a story about a robot. Like, exactly. yeah, that's like right. this doing like exactly. air control and some shit, or like that's like sliding on like walls or something. Like, fucking the movement in that <laughs> game is insane. So, Titanfall is just one of those legendarily overlooked video games. I had thought traditionally it was from the multiplayer being traditionally overlooked. Um, but it's cool to know that there's a single player thing there too. It's just like they really struggled to sell that thing, but the people who love it love it love mm-hmm. it like and then the developers made um what's it called apex. that yeah apex legends oh shit mm-hmm. and like Did not know that. most of the weapons in apex legends are like taken straight out of titanfall um mm-hmm. like the mechanics of shooting are all the same they were like we know we have something here we just never hit quite right and then they and they mm-hmm. and, they and nailed people it. would claim 
I don't know where it is nowadays with Apex because it's like so much more deep these days, but people were claiming when Apex first came out, like it was like a dumbed down version of Titanfall right. in terms of like the movement. But then sometimes you kind of need a quote. I mean, that's like a mean way of describing it, but like um, sometimes you kind of need that. It reminds me of like what they did between, I forget, the maybe Daggerfall question mark and Oblivion. It's like they had to make it a little bit more mass appeal. And so if you can get more into it, if you're willing to like go over a larger like desire not to or maybe like hesitation hurdle, then there's a lot of depth there. That's what it would yeah. so seem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess there was a second part to Chris's question that just said, um, name a game you continue to go back to when you're between games or just looking to kill an hour mm. and mm. listen Chris, it's Halo. I was going to say TFT. There is only okay. Halo. There's only Halo. Also, no, I, I think collectively as a podcast, like I think Halo has become our like in between games game that we all like playing with each other. Um, we talk about it at length on our Game of the Year podcast, which you should listen to because they're awesome. They are. Um, but Halo Infinite has just been like such a fun multiplayer that i we we do multiple sessions a week it it feels in yeah. fact the week that mccoy and elena like did not organize any halo infinite sessions because like you know mccoy's mom was in town like we all didn't end up playing and we were rusty as hell but like we back <laughs> oh yeah. my god the rust was so painful it'd been like four days bro it'd been like four days <laughs> yeah, and, we and then we played against throwing. some of the the gamerest gamers we'd ever oh fucking seen yeah it was rough <laughs> it, was, it was really rough and i actually think it's such a testament to all of our characters to walk away with just the sting of a slap on your face and like the blood in your mouth from like the cut of your cheek up against your teeth like that you know got cut or whatever and then we came back yeah we fucking came mm-hmm. back um but yeah interesting there's got to be other ones for other people like there's for me it's an era based thing like i can literally define the eras of my life based on the game that that was my pocket game to pull out past the time to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that right now is definitely yeah. Halo. But what about individually? I was going to say, otherwise it would be like TFT for myself. Uh, that is a game that I will just like occasionally like just do a, do a game here and there. In fact, I got a first place like a couple hours before this podcast. Nice. Hell yeah. Go me. Um, and then I think... It's it's kind of an era that's passed, but every once in a while, I'll get on a Slay the Spire kick and be and be doing some runs with that every so often. Usually, if I'm like feeling under the weather and looking for a good Switch game, um, and I'm bored of Animal Crossing, it'll be Slay the Spire. Because I was gonna say, what about Animal Crossing? No, that's gotta be one. Yeah, Animal Crossing is. It just gets um, I don't know. It it gets boring rather quickly. I think like when you start like needing to wait like a full day for things to refresh mm-hmm. or something mm. like that game being on real on real time uh, does hurt it, I guess, in some some ways. Yeah, it's added a lot of longevity to it, but like it hasn't it's like stops you from like really being after it in the sort of like binge gamer, like hardcore. I'm here to do this way. But then it's right. like added some like longer term life. It's just, it's really it's honestly fascinating, truthfully. Mm-hmm. Um, 
like someone write an essay or a book between that and Stardew Valley. I mean, it's like these two <laughs> things together have such different approaches to the same thing and have such different patterns, I imagine, out of the gamer as a result of that. Like, wow. Yeah. I, you, James? I'll also go back to Slay the Spire sometimes. I'm, um, I'll play it on my phone sometimes, like during lunch break or whatever. Um, that's pretty fun that I, mm. that I have access to that. Um, I've also been playing, um, or I was like a month or two ago, I was playing some Hollow Knight, mm. uh, which we never know. played for the podcast, but um, I just I, I need to play that game. Like it's right in my wheelhouse. And I know it's incredible because I watched McCoy play it, um, but that was in 2020 and uh, it's it's so much fun. Um, I also started God of War because um, mm. mm-hmm. apparently I can't just do one thing at a time. I need to do like four <laughs> things at a time. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I don't know. I I don't I, I don't know that I go back to a lot of our our podcast games. Like I feel like. I play them, we record a podcast that like kind of ties a bow on it and I put it away. Mm. Um, for a while last year though, like Elden Ring was that game and mm. it will be again when mm. the new DLC comes out. So looking forward to that. Fuck yeah. 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 It, this is a really interesting topic for me because... I've traditionally had this sort of thing and I've had to balance whatever this thing is with whatever I wanted to achieve both in my life and in uh, uh, gaming, essentially, mm-hmm. also. Because there was an era, many eras of my life, like, because I started as a single player gamer and then I played Halo 3 and I was like, oh, fuck, like, this <laughs> is good. What the hell? And I was like, wait, wait, wait. Because back then, bro, imagine every random has a mic and a personality and it's like normal. So like they're mostly all ridiculously nice, but bizarre and funny and weird. So it's like, and and you can continue to play with them if you like it. So then you would just amass this like crew of people behind you. that were just weird fucking people you were learning on the fly playing Halo. And it was just fucking insane. So, so then I like sort of was like, I don't know if single player games can even hold up to this. But it's not about whether, and in fact, the industry even made that call as well. And it's, it was like everybody went into multiplayer and, and the whole industry was like, no, wait, 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 they're different though. Like you want single player games for a different reason. Um, and so I'm really happy with this podcast to have gone back to them. Um, but I've always sort of had some sort of multiplayer game in the background where I'm trying to sharpen the ax. So like it was Starcraft back in the, back in the day. Then after that, it was League of Legends. And after that, it was Counter-Strike. And at some point there was Hearthstone. Then after that it was, what, Valorant? Maybe? Mm-hmm. And at one point, I think the most recent one that it has been was Elden Ring 1v1. That was something I was doing a lot for mm-hmm. a while. But these days, specifically the last bunch of months, maybe even six months or more, I really haven't had anything and I've just been using that, like, instead of, like, having something on sort of pocket for the pockets of time, I've been really, really trying to use those pockets of time to to push myself forward. 
and then with that forward momentum like block off large sections to play a podcast game or to play something on my own that i want to play um like being like all right tonight for three hours i am sharpening the blade um and so it's just been a different style and so i don't know i don't know if i'll like you know find something and it'll it'll capture me and i'll go back to it or if i'll continue with this style it's i don't know it's an open question i think i do feel there is something inside of me that needs to be disciplined in a gameplay sense it needs to be like playing Sekiro a little bit in the morning while I'm drinking my tea so that I can like be sharpening my blade it's just something about it like after we got smashed for Halo I was like well let's uh it's time to do some drills yes yes. (laughs) (laughs) exactly (laughs) and so I came to the next day like headshotting people like it was not (laughs) but it just it just feels better I, I can't explain but it's just it feels so good to be good at something and it's really really difficult to be good at something but it's really rewarding too Mm-hmm. And so I think those are the sorts of things that I like to to do with those pockets of time is like trying to sharpen something um, if I can. It's hard. I don't know. I don't have something lately. It's been really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. That's been, it's been a long time since that's yeah, been true. There's been some talk about you missing Counter-Strike recently. I do miss Counter-Strike. Mm-hmm. The thing is, it doesn't fit into an hour. Counter-Strike is like, so we have six hours and I'd like to warm up for two and then I'd like to play for four. And I think I'm going to win every game. <laughs> like, because <laughs> um, everyone else is just going to show up cold. And I'm just going to be like, dude, in Counter-Strike, I would practice the pistols in Deathmatch for like 40 minutes. So then the first round of the whole game, I would drop three people immediately. Like, I was so ready to use those guns. And they'd be like, whoa, what? where did that come from? And I'd be like, you're welcome. That's called getting an early edge. Like, <laughs> now let's see if we can win, guys. Come on, we could do it. Um is that a girl no sorry um <laughs> anyways <laughs> okay 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 oh. yep okay um next question comes from and i, I apologize if i mispronounce this but this is from antaranen on spotify mm. who just says love your trash takes did you guys ever consider playing through mystery of the druids it's the quintessential meme game also, Disco Elysium is perfect for the podcast. Okay, Damn. this is the person that Damn. I was going to take down. First shout of all, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Look, oh we choose. <laughs> Sorry, I'm kidding. Thank you so much for writing in. You seem very nice. We'll play Disco Elysium if and when we want to. And that is irrespective of James. <laughs> is that what you're saying? Because <laughs> James wants to. <laughs> yeah, look, James, yeah. I've heard very good things about it, to be fair. Right? No, we all have. I mean, clearly, we, clearly yeah. we should play it, but but like, does anybody really want to play it? You know, <laughs> actually, it's gonna it's gonna yes, be our game that you know maybe we expect to hate that ends up turning out great. Right? It's gonna, exactly. It'll be exactly. game of the year yeah. twenty twenty four. But you know, <laughs> I, but you know, I actually have gotten to the point now, seriously, where I stand, and I did not feel this way before. This is new. I sort of want to play it. Fuck. At all this right. point now. <laughs> Elena's losing. I'm losing ground. <laughs> Let's go. Fuck you, yeah. Elena. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now listen, you know, sort of wanting to play it is not a ringing endorsement, but it is it's shifting. <laughs> I just want you guys to know that I keep the official document of potential podcast games and I have not put Disco Elysium on it. So Damn. Somebody take that away from her. That yeah, is like I mean, some look, you all have like, editing I just... privileges on that Google Doc, but like nobody does, so 
Look, I just want you to know that I keep the official middle fingers of this <laughs> podcast, and they're pointed at you. So, damn. Oh, that's so reasonable. <laughs> Go clean up but your water, But to answer your James. question, Antaranen, we, we have never considered playing Mystery of the Druids. I don't Although actually know James what it is. Yeah, I'd never heard of it. did post a picture to our Discord of just a screenshot of Mystery it's, of the it's Druids. The cover. It's the cover of Mystery of the Druids. <laughs> yeah, and suffice it to say, just from the cover alone, it's now on our radar. Yeah, Jesus <laughs> yeah. Christ! It, I think it like came out in two thousand and one. <laughs> oh boy! Oh wow! Can we even play this? Game? Right, Is it's it's on God. It's on good old games. Okay, um, got it's a great it. place for it to be. Yeah. yeah, I feel like we're going to need a breather from meme games after we finish Deadly Premonition because, good lord! But after that, you know, next time we need a meme game. Mm-hmm. I, that yeah. seems you know here's what i would intrigued. say here's what i'll say okay we as a podcast have interesting back room discussions not, not about what podcast we should play aka we cut james out that'd be hilarious no but <laughs> rather just about our stance of like how much do we want to like put fuel on the fire of like people recommending games to us right in the sense of we will inevitably disappoint you because there are more of you than there are of our incredibly slow game well, progression. And there's just so many games. <laughs> right. Like there's so think about it, we are trying to play games, all games from history and games that are currently coming out are all fair game for us. So like there is There's too many. The list of potential podcast games that we have for this year is already like a page and a half long. And I think we should they all look amazing except right. for disco leasing which isn't on there yet but <laughs> God but damn. that doesn't even include like the elden ring dlc that'll come out right, this exactly. year the new cinema sacrifice comes out this year like right. whatever indie games drop this year there's so much and so we both love your suggestions and i think when we really start to see it's like when you get multiple suggestions for the same game we'll be like okay guys there's like some shit going on in the in the chatter right now like we should probably look at this yeah um and your yeah. recommendations do go on a list, but just know that all of our recommendations also go on the list and like it yeah. takes us years to let's, get to them. Let's put it this way. Let's put it this way. I want to like, because I want to clarify, like we have taken a bunch of fan suggestions over the years and they have been stunningly good. Yeah, they've all been great. Like, mm-hmm. and I mean like, dude, like the the people who pick the games that you don't expect to like, but then you end up loving the most is not any one of us. It's the it's fans. It's true. Yeah. Right? Think of Case of Golden Idol. I mean, dude, like there's just, I mean, that shit blew us up, right? But so, mm-hmm. so like, I like want to essentially encourage fan recommendations. I just want to encourage it with the kindness that, that you guys point to us in the sense of like, hey, like we can't get to all of them. And we also have to balance like, it's important, as we talked about a little bit earlier, it's important for us also to feel that we each as individuals have agency over what games are played so that we can be stoking our individual interests fires correctly like Mm -hmm. like zoe needs to be able to force us to play some game in her wheelhouse that she knows she's gonna like and want to talk about so that she can feel like she needs to have that feeling that's just that's an important thing to Mm -hmm. stay invested and we all feel that way. And that's why probably James gets to school and leaves. I'm just saying. Um, and we don't really have a choice, <laughs> do we? really turning against me. And I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm not loving the way this is going. So, you know, so we're balancing not only our own interests, right? With we've tried to balance new game calendar a little more. And we can, I think, have a retrospective on how much we like that, how much we want to do that. Oh, I think it's all fair game. We definitely tried it more this last year. So we're balancing that and with stunning fan suggestions that may or may not fit into the like strategy and 
of what we have in our runway yet. And so we're just balancing all that. And I think, and, mm-hmm. and so far people have been kind to understanding that, but I just want to put that out there. It's like, I'm happy to encourage, please tell us what games are awesome. And please try to be like, do your best game impression and do the games that you think that we would like. Fuck yeah. Um, but, but just know that we're balancing all of those things at the same time um, when you submit that. Yeah. Right. Now, real quick, yeah. I do want to read the description from GOG.com of Mystery of the Druids. Okay. Okay. It is. Because I don't. Yeah. I was going to say, I, 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 that, that, thank you for doing that, James, because I literally know nothing about this game. And so there's literally no way it'll get any traction if I don't Agreed. know anything about <laughs> yeah. it. Uh, in this classic adventure, you will take on the role of young Scotland Yard detective Brent Halligan. Assigned to solve the puzzle surrounding a mysterious order of druids and a series of gruesome murders. It appears that neo-druids are conducting ritual killings in order to conjure up incredibly sinister forces. In the course of their investigations, the engaging anti-hero and his ally, a young scientist, who I'm looking at the uh screenshots it looks like it's this young woman with um lara croft style boobs um nice nice respect uh delve into almost forgotten secrets of the past aided by an expert on the druids they will travel back in time only in the past will they be able to find the key in order to save the world but will they succeed and the ritual before it begins and then it contains the features which i assume are from the back of the game box from 20 from 2001 Mm -hmm. Uh, more than 50 impressive locations of the past and present more than 360 interactive scenes 3d characters up to 1000 polygons (laughs) (laughs) more than 20 speaking characters five hours of voiceovers lip sync dialogues created through phonetic speech analysis Oh, non- going to be some cringe what? facial animations. Yeah. <laughs> Non-linear <laughs> wow. dialogues, an extensive real-time soundtrack, uh, and uh, the soundtrack and FX created with Dolby surround sound. So, Yo. Uh, nice. Can I yeah. ask us or potentially this listener of like, is this something we should play together or is this? What this is, is a like, play together game. Okay. Okay. It definitely sounds like a play together game. It yeah. sounds great, honestly. Honestly, it's, I yeah, it it's a ten hour a one, game. so I think it's pretty manageable too. It's a point and click detective mystery. It's the new contradiction. Let's fucking go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will say, like, like I think we all need to have an honest conversation with ourselves about: Are we willing to like just YOLO destroy all of our calendars every single night with stuff? Especially God, absolutely not. Yesterday. But like. Yeah, we can figure something out eventually <laughs> yeah, yeah, this yeah. year. That's yeah. what I mean. Um, just yeah. because, like, I think when Deadly Premonition's over, I think I'm gonna miss like getting together. I think. Yeah, I mean, I don't true. know. I've kind of been vibing with it. Nah, so fuck these people. Well, okay, <laughs> but Elena, 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 reset. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, super cool. Thank you for this recommendation. Mm-hmm. We we probably end up playing this sometime. Yeah, this does sound right up our alley. Yeah. <laughs> cool. And so the next the next question kind of is a similar vein. However, it does bring a different angle to this, which is from Torin. Hmm. 
And as it says on this spreadsheet, from Torin ages ago via email. Oh, nice. This could uh, be like I'll... three years ago. <laughs> I was wondering if y'all could revisit Risk of Rain 2. It's uh... out of early access and has more than doubled its content since you made the last episode. I feel like it would be a lot more enjoyable for y'all because, uh, because a lot of your complaints were fixed and the game is just better overall. Also, I just wanted to say I'm a big fan, even though I'm a new listener. Wow. So, I mean, I think as much as we've talked about that, what are, I guess we could also use this as a time to talk about our thoughts on revisiting yeah. some of the games that we've played. I I wouldn't say like we do it all the time, you know, because Jesus Christ, if we just talked about a full game list, like then, you know, can we also just play all the games again? But I do think we've reached the level of like, I don't know maturity or 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 longevity that like maybe there is some revisiting to be had in our future like I, that doesn't sound like an unreasonable idea now listen risk Especially... of rain two though i don't know if you're gonna get that buy-in on this podcast <laughs> after that but dude so many people love risk of rain two, and so many people over the years have been like dude totally in the nicest way like totally i feel you you were you know whatever but you know essentially like in, in, in other in different ways of saying i love this game and i've learned how to love this game and it's different and it's improved and it's grown and it's interesting and i would say that like they are probably right about that like whether or not we want to pursue going back i don't know what do you guys think i mean i mean like yeah it's already too overwhelming with the games we want like new games that we want to play I feel like, uh, at least for me, I kind of see revisiting games as something that will happen maybe on an individual basis. Yeah. Um, and maybe yeah. not necessarily for podcast-related content. But, like, for example, like, fuck, like... So, I think, yeah. I, I mean, I see the basically the way that we would do this is if we were playing a game and, like, we couldn't get enough of the game to like make a reasonable podcast episode um like maybe we would get together and like play it for a couple hours one night and then like record a, a really quick episode about that game uh about like risk of rain 2 or whatever because like i don't think it would take that long for us to like hop into that game and for especially zoe to either be like nope i still hate it or <laughs> or for zoe to be like oh now that i've like put some solid hours into first person shooters i actually feel like mildly competent here and like actually kind of like yeah. start getting an understanding of the mechanics and like able to kind of parse what's going on on the screen a little bit better that like that's kind of one of the things that i remember being really rough about playing it the first time mm -hmm. with you guys was like uh when one of when one of us started dying like that was just the end oh, yeah. of the run it was like not fun anymore and you don't want to be the person who is responsible for ending the run by dying right, right. it's like if you're right. all like at the same skill level then fair enough but if you're like if you're new and you're getting yeah. owned and i and i imagine that might be one of the things they fixed. And so, like, you know, whether or not we return to that game in particular, I think is a separate conversation to whether or not we return to games ever. I, I think there's a good case to return to some games if it sparks our 
joy. Yeah, like sparks yeah. joy. <laughs> like you know. I mean, we're certainly we keep on returning to Halo. Well, definitely. <laughs> um, and and I'm trying to think of like a good example of this. Like if if there was more content, like you know, let's say we had a really great week playing apex legends or something i don't know this is maybe not the best example but like i could see us returning in a year to apex. like we could return to valorant for example mm-hmm. and just be like hey listen you know we're not gonna be experts but we're just gonna like dip our toes in i think a lot of these games are like something akin to people's home games in that it's fueling it, it is the thing that it's their hearthstone it's their starcraft it's their tft it's their etc and so, therefore, like, there's been a lot of content and a lot of improvements, and they've been along that whole ride. Um, and that's cool. What's really awkward is that those are the hardest fucking games to share with people. Like, I have struggled my whole life to be like, hi, I want to share StarCraft with you. And they're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Stop doing this. Like, you seem like a nice guy, but this is cringe. Um, and so, like, I felt that way about, like, all my really, like, deep games, too. So, I don't know. But I do you guys know what i mean there could be a game maybe it's not a multiplayer game but uh there could be or maybe it is there could be a game that we could return to if it was like if it felt right but right i don't know if we're making a habit of it necessarily and i do know it's like sort of awkward that like now people will think like they'll click on risk of rain or for whatever and we'll be talking about something that doesn't even exist anymore but yeah you know we can't really mm-hmm. stay current with it either so you know like the only time we've really ever done it was to the moon um, mm. for the Freebird Games block, mm-hmm. um, and the reason why we returned to to the moon was because we just wanted to refresh our, you know, we, devastation oh on that game. Yeah, for real. <laughs> um, Want to feel again? So, like it, in those cases, it made sense to maybe replay it for the podcast. But yeah. What we could do with Risk of Rain is play Risk of Rain Returns, which is the remaster of the original Risk of Rain. Oh, wow. Which is a side-scrolling platformer. (laughs) Oh, that's just the kind of game that we love here. Yeah, Yeah, right? (laughs) Yeah. I've heard McCoy really likes a good side-scrolling platformer. Uh, Mm Oh, yeah. Let's, you know what? Let's, Let's not play the 3D version. Is definitely the way to get my heart. Let's revisit a version. <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah. So we're probably not going to do much revisioning of games that are not completely unchanged. Probably. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, unless there's a reason to think that we ourselves would react differently to the material. Like, I think some story games, I do wonder, you know? Yeah, but I think we're always out from that. And we yeah, have a lot in yeah. our queue. And I think, I mean, I learned from playing Fallout 3 again this year. But like, I, I'm not really a game replayer so mm-hmm. much. Yeah. And I, so, so it's like, there's all these different concepts, right? Like there's there like is, replaying. Yeah, there is one game that I wouldn't, that I would kind of like to revisit actually, which is Celeste because I never actually finished it oh, after yeah. we decided not to play it for a second week. Right. Um, still salty about that. I get it. <laughs> you know, James, um, we're sorry. And, uh, but like also it wasn't the right time for, for us to be playing that game because like. You know, it was like what, like it was week like three of the podcast. <laughs> uh, I think we could play and a lot like, better now. And like, only me and Adam had ever like played platformer games before, and that's like I a mean, really I hard was precision still platformer. Still playing platformers on 
mouse and keyboard. That's right. I didn't discover yeah. the controller for platformers and that I succeed with that a lot better. Yeah. I feel like I was trying to like subtly be like, a controller is probably the way to like do this. <laughs> and then I'm sure Adam says something like, well, I play with the keyboard just fine. And I'm like, well, but yeah, but you know, but. <laughs> Which is like yeah. usually how it goes for me. Um, yeah. Yeah. Right. But okay. I mean, there. They, uh, this is also like down the line when we've run out of games to play teehee oh there's, <laughs> there's something yeah wait, like wait. well we're never gonna run out of games to play <laughs> exactly but, that, you know, <laughs> but like but like okay i could see like if we had played payday 3 and it would have like a sort of a disastrous launch but we had our fun and they wanted to come back and like see how they've settled it i don't think that's like an mm-hmm. unreasonable concept um so i think it's very oh. case by case and yeah. I think it has to compete with the value of all these other new potential games. And I think some of these things could. Let's put it that way. Right. And it's possible yeah. that we lost Torin ages ago because uh, we never so. went back to Risk of Rain 2. <laughs> yeah, and probably never responded. Maybe I responded via email. I probably did. Uh, or um, shout out to Torin. Uh, hell yeah. Who's really appreciate your anymore. email, man. Yeah. Sorry we never responded. <laughs> no, I think we had that. <laughs> I don't know. It's not in the screenshot, so who can say? <laughs> All right. And then we have a question from David on Instagram. Believe it or not, we have an Instagram tyranny of thumbs. We hardly post on it, but every so often we'll find something. Can we give oh, James credentials to this? James would be a, a, a grammar. I feel like James yeah. would gram aggressively in the I right think James way. Needs I, to I be should probably have the those Instagram. credentials. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Please. The- but yeah. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, David on Instagram asks, though, here's my question. Where is the community Discord? Oh, fuck. We've gotten at least three or four We've gotten, questions? yeah, at, at least five, I th- Yeah, I think like three or, three or four questions. It, it's ever-growing. I think, if I'm going to speak candidly, I think we're scared. Yeah, I'm a little scared. <laughs> Okay, but let's but let's dig into the fear a little bit. Let's go into the psychology of it, because like there's some some stupid shit that we're afraid of, and then there's some normal shit we're afraid of. Like the stupid shit I'm afraid of, to be completely honest with you, is how dead it might be. Like, mm. it, it like because then people like come in to expect like a community Discord, and they get like not that many people, and then and then it feels sad. Like that's like not that's a community. More, yeah, and like maybe we could just stick game on Gabe on it. Like Gabe, I need you to like meme in the community Discord for the people. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I think that's what we that. would all really have to do is just like post our memes to the community instead of just to each other. <laughs> yeah, and there's like a fear with that because you know, part of a we have really restrictive discords actually, like really. Yeah, McCoy restrictive runs discords. a very tight ship in the discords. Yeah. McCoy has yeah. kicked people out of the Discord who assumed that it was me. <laughs> that's true that's the level of nice like, that i am is that you don't believe that i could kick you out of the discord but i can if i have to and it's not to be mean to you um look i discovered this past year that i'm child locked in the discord i had to ask zoe to do shit because i'm not allowed to well elena you fucking excluded J- disco elysium out of spite from our podcast list <laughs> that's my that's my right but no. um yeah I mean, I, I think there there's a lot of, I, I think for one thing, I think, listen, peek behind the corner. We're like 
what some of you guys would call boomers, I guess, <laughs> at some point. Take that back. We're not boomers, are we? Wait, wait, wait. I no, know what you're well, trying well, to say. I, I, think, I think she could have said a little nicer I, to us, though. <laughs> well, listen, like, I, I think a lot of us, like, just don't know what to do with a community discord. Like, you know, would you want it to be a place where you can talk about the podcast episodes? Do you just want it mm. to be a place where you can connect with other listeners? Do you want it to be a place in hopes of it being like aligned to us, like about recommending games. Like I, I think there's, I've, I've perused around a lot of community discords and I've seen them all run very differently. Mm. And so it's also just trying to conceptualize what a community discord for us that works for us would look like. Totally. Um, that, okay. Sorry. So this is a really great yeah. point actually she's making because let me, let me say it slightly nicer. Okay. Like, I'm not okay. Maybe we're a boomer in in that sense, but I would just say, like specifically as a style of a human being, I don't live in other people's uh, community discords. I live in like personal discords and only two, um, maybe three if you count the Halo Discord. It's just like we just made a separate one for Halo, and there's a nice emoji that's the the icon. But so yeah, like so we we don't really know question mark like what to do and. And so, yeah, I think, I think so. You said it well. It's like, I think it would be helpful if people wanted this to sort of explain what they want out of it. So maybe they stand a chance to get it because I, I don't, I wouldn't trust us to just make the thing you're imagining in your head right away. I don't think I, we know. I have a little theory, which is that people see that we have this like welcoming open community of gamers that like will play together a couple times a week and like hang out and be nice to each other. And like, they want that. They want they want some way to have some ability to find that. And I think that a lot of our viewers, listeners, viewers, whatever, uh, you know, are, are looking for that. And um, so my my theory is that that people are just looking for like minded folk. Um, <laughs> and like, I don't know, like chat about most recent podcasts is just like. To me, that feels like the deadest of all channels. But like, <laughs> like let us do that on our, our yeah. <laughs> like just like hang out and like I don't know maybe organize Halo sessions, you know, like yeah. organize gaming sessions with with other folk that that are like minded seems good to me. Um, yeah, yeah. I guess like tell us write in at tyranny of thumbs at gmail.com mm-hmm. and tell us what you're what you would hope for out of it's something we're definitely i think thinking about this year like we're thinking about it guys we're thinking about it we just don't know what to do because yeah a lot of us don't people be scared go to those and yeah it's a wild it's a wild thing to us that like people might want to do that so like let us give us some more details it would be sort of a centralized (laughs) place for people to like write game recommendations or or things like that um yeah. I've sort of imagined it in my head conceptually. I don't know if this sounds ridiculous. As like each one of us gets like our own text channel with like whatever. So like Zoe gets like a soundtrack channel that people can submit to or something. And then James <laughs> gets like a meme channel. And then I get like a, you took way too long to write this channel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and we just like have like themes. <laughs> I don't know why I thought about that. Atlanta's just pure romance novels. McCoy's essay <laughs> channel. <laughs> Like, yeah, exactly. And then it's just pictures of abs like cropped aggressively from taking a screenshot from your monitor from your phone. <laughs> like, I do send really poorly done um, screenshots. It's, I it's do really take something. them from my phone. That um, sounds like me also. 
yeah it, that's that's, True. A, that's why that's why you Look, guys I learned, need to have, I learned from the best but um yeah i i think i think it's 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 a combination of that and it's a combination of you know it's uh, it's our personal hmm, it's like our personal understanding of what is behind the curtain and what is not like because yeah. part of how we keep essentially like really behind the curtains like part of how we keep the vibes of the podcast the way it is is we just like post the most ridiculous bullshit to each other it's not like insane but like we have our own inside jokes right and a lot of that leaks out on the podcast and that's kind of the joy of it but you know like some of it is like i don't know it's like really arcane stuff that like doesn't make sense to anyone other than like at this one halo session we said some stupid thing that was hilarious to make people laugh now we've got memes about it now and it's like that sort of thing is like i don't know it's like I guess what I'm trying to articulate is like there is something to be said about the like privateness of some of it, and I think we well, need to I don't think, think about that everything. I-, I think that a community Discord is more about like the listeners and less about us. I think I don't know. I've never been in a community Discord in my entire life. Write to tyranny of thumbs and tell me how wrong I am. But like, fair. That's my interpretation. But yeah. again, I have no clue. Yeah. So we'll we'll honestly we will think about it more and we will talk about it more because. I felt the same fear as I did with this q and I feared that there wasn't going to be any questions. And there were. And so it's in the same way of like, I fear that there isn't going to be anyone in the community discord, but there are some people that have asked for it. So, mm-hmm. hmm. and I just, I food for thought. Yeah. Food for thought for us. Um, and that yeah. it's just, yeah. Like I said, I just, I'm trying to like nail in on this point, but I think it's more food for thought for all of us, but there is just, yeah, there's a a privateness and a sacredness that we have to think about in terms of like where the lines are. And I think that will take us a minute. It's not impossible. It's it's very possible, but it's just thinking about like yeah. Mm-hmm. That. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. So these next questions they're not necessarily podcast related. They're just curiosity questions. Hmm. We've got one from Harold via email who said, what game lives rent-free in your head? Outer Wilds. Hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, so many of them. Like, it's the such an impossible question. <laughs> but, like, they really do. I think that's the other great thing about the podcast is, like, a lot of, I mean, a lot of these games have become, like, cultural touchstones for us. I mean, we talk yeah. about them, reference yeah, them the council. all the time. Yeah, the council. The council's an old school, rent-free. Yeah, the council comes back mm-hmm. up constantly. Mass Effect comes up constantly. Bioshock comes up constantly. Like Oberdin. Oberdin. Just so many of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and in really different ways. Like, I think on this last game of the year, I talked about like how impactful it was for me this year to like have played so many games that like talk about death. And like, that's mm. those games live rent free in my mind in really different ways from fair. how like, you know, my greatest moments in Halo live rent free in my mind. But like, <laughs> there are times when like we're on a Discord call and someone just, just like, do you remember that one time in Halo? And like, it that all of it lives rent-free in our minds. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's hard to pick just a couple. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, I was really mulling over this question. I mean, I think for me, it's got to be Gris. Mm -hmm. Gris is just one of those games we played it very early Mm -hmm. on in the podcast. And it honestly, like whenever I just think about games that impacted me or just games that are art, Gris is always the first one that comes to mind. 
uh, for me with playing that game. Um, and then because I also said it during this episode, Miranda's ass. Uh, lived <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's such a beautiful contrast, but it's so... <laughs> So it's they're video both, games. They're both art. Exactly. They're yeah. both art. <laughs> exactly. Now, art can sometimes be controversial and want to be, you know, removed and taken down. But as my mom, who loves art. Provocative. Explain, you exactly. Know, womp, mm-hmm. The WAP music video taught us about me. Oh, my God. That's what I mean. Like, can you keep the WAP music video from the people? You know what I mean? Is that even responsible? Because it's so good. Um, It's a WAP slash Rex Rasputin. Because there's no way it's pronounced WAP. It's got to be WAP. Yeah, it's WAP. WAP. Sorry. Think WAP, WAP, whatever. Well, so like WAP, WAP, WAP sounds like you're singing it, I think. (laughs) Jesus Christ, James. (laughs) There's There are children here. There really shouldn't be. If you're a child and you're listening to this podcast, please stop. So, okay. So I completely disagree with that fundamentally. As someone who was a child listening to podcasts, the adults were running. I found it to be one of the most helpful things I could possibly do to learn about what it is to be mature and to learn about what it is to be an adult. And it go involved... bump some WAP. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do. God damn it. It's so many fucking emails. <laughs> no, but I just, I think about this so much in terms of like, we don't have to get into this topic, but this is a really interesting topic for me of like, what material do we allow younger people to have? And to me, like fundamentally, yes, there are some things that are just inappropriate because it could, they're too intense, I think, for such a like a soft and kind being at that time but i think we really do ourselves a disservice by by locking away what we are like like, think what we are we are reasonable adults trying to have a reasonable kind open empathetic conversation about games let's hide it from the children uh, (laughs) and let's let jake paul get to them james was pretty mean to me earlier well i just i'm not sure it's a great role model (laughs) (laughs) shut the fuck up you're right (laughs) like (laughs) I don't know. Um, There's a great book about kind of that called The Diamond Age. The subtitle of it is A Young Lady's Illustrated Primer. Um, It's a a sci-fi. It's a a heavy sci-fi book. Uh, (laughs) Fuck yeah. mm -hmm. Um, My favorite. But it's it's fucking awesome. It's really good. It's it's one of my favorites. How how dare you bring a book here? The fuck is this? Um, Just kidding. That's not at all what a herald ask about, though. Hmm. You know, it's Games a, that live rent-free. Yeah. That's a book that lives rent-free in my head. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like that. Honestly, it's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Um, other games that live rent-free in my head. Um, Dark Souls is a good one. Dark um, Souls. And all those. I've never played a Dark Souls game. That's going to change, my friend. You're going to play Lies of P, which isn't technically a Dark Souls game, but it's pretty close. I'd like you to stream some of that for me, James, if you'd be so willing. Yeah, that sounds like fun. Thank you. Um, I don't know. I feel like we've gone over a bunch of the games that live mm-hmm. rent-free in our head. Um, yeah. A lot of it is related to like our collective memory. The like lore. Mother. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. From the council and all that shit. Which, yeah, um, funny story with that. uh, Mama Steam told me that she wants to be called Mama Steam and not Mother Steam. And I was like, why is that? She's like, I just hate the connotations of mother. 
I was like, oh, well, you know, this probably came about because we've played a great game called The Council <laughs> in which the main character is a mama's boy and goes mother constantly. Yeah. And she's like, I don't know. It sounds like, you know, like just sinister, like the leader of a cult. And I'm like, well... Hmm. Funny council, thing about the, the council. Of the occult. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Fire. Fire. <laughs> and she's like, point me. <laughs> yeah. I, I think. But yeah. I think, okay, here's another one actually. Similar to. Um, she actually wrote like a really interesting like side email. It wasn't a question, um, but it was about darkest dungeon characters. And we don't have to go into the whole detail mm-hmm. of it, but I would say darkest dungeon character archetypes have lived rent free in my head. As I've started to sort of recognize them in people, like I think Elena as the Hellion has been one of the most like impactful understandings for us. I mean, that is literally like, I mean, almost every single week, if not multiple times a week since then, in all of our walks where we go on, you know, like after dinner, we're trying to like, you know, just walk to not just like die on the couch. Um, We're talking about not only has that archetype been a good understanding of who you are, Elena, it's been a really amazing roadmap to who you want to be like it's been like i've actually completely changed my understanding of like essentially like anime portrayals of things i've it taken me a long time to figure this out because i came from a very western perspective of that's not a realistic portrayal of someone because no one can do that and it's like there are examples of that certainly in anime that make no sense to me and i can't make i just can't make the leap but i when i see this like epitome form of someone that is not attainable but is aspirable to i see its value now in the sense of like it's exciting to to pursue getting closer to like will elena be the hellion i don't know maybe maybe fuck yeah fuck yeah <laughs> um it's definitely my next comic-con outfit hell yeah Worth keep training no. let's go let's train harder more weights molly um but like you know what I mean? It's like, I, I, I've, I cannot explain to you how helpful it has been to us to understand that archetype and you and put together and, and like what it means and like essentially what would a Hellion do or like how does a Hellion solve a, solve a problem? Because sometimes Elena will solve a problem with, in the most Hellion way possible and it's like offends me in my like delicate, like very particular, very like, you know, thoughtful way. Because she'll be like, there's a problem in front of us. Or no, I'll, I'll be like, hey, there's a problem in front of us. I'd like to have a discussion about it. And before we can even start the discussion, Elena has just hit it over the head with the axe. You know what I mean? And is no longer a problem. And like, maybe that created some downstream problems because there's blood everywhere in our living room. But <laughs> hey, the problem is solved. And I just sit there in the, the whirlwind of like, oh. And she's like, what? Easy. Like, you just hit it. Like, what What do you mean? Um. And so I don't know. Like, I think that game and the archetypes in that game have rent free in my head for sure since then um and i find that really beautiful and it's like actually taught me a lot about like i I feel like i almost lost the beauty of archetypes like i feel like the beauty of archetypes in characters is something we all initially loved in stories and then there was like a 10-year period where we were as a society trying to understand the difference between an archetype and a stereotype we were really trying to figure that out because like stereotypes we were deciding were really bad but then we'd sort of like hit too too large of a brush on that and we're hitting archetypes which are more like a set of features that fit well together think of like a combat style if it's like you know think of like what you imagine when you imagine like 
someone who does karate. It's like there are more things than just the fighting style, but it all fits together to create that creature. And like, I've just really learned to love archetypes as of late. Um, not stereotypes, rather archetypes, things you can aspire to. So anyways, I just wanted to say that, and, and Darkest Dungeon really helped me with that, because I think they did like Whereas way Brian better. Brian loves stereotypes. <laughs> Yo, shout out to Brian. That's the thing, bro. That's the thing. Can we really let like a public Discord and then Brian could be in there, bro? No, no, no. Brian, like, Brian's not allowed. Hell no, yeah, Brian's we not can. allowed in there. Absolutely no, he not. Is. <laughs> he is. He is. We joke. We joke. Brian is really nice. He's, he's such just, a nice guy. <laughs> he's such a nice guy. Yeah. He was just he also in the shit. army and that affects you, you know? It's just... <laughs> I think he was like that before the army. Dude, I'm trying to explain. He works at this like I don't even understand exactly, but it's like some some like we boarding don't school. Him. I'm not toxing him. There are more than one of these, like some boarding school for troubled kids, and his like army approach to them is really just something to witness. Like it is straight out of one of my favorite French movies of all time, The Chorus, Les Christes, mm. which is a story about a boarding school for troubled kids. Where they had to, and now of course it's the French version, so they didn't meet the army's general who says do 40 push-ups or shut the fuck up. Um, it's rather, uh, they are taught music and through music they are saved, right? That's a very beautiful uh, interpretation of it anyways. But I do think it's really hilarious because he's literally just living like the his version of my like childhood fantasy like right now. Um, I think that's pretty rad, <laughs> but okay. Cool. Any more rent-free shout-outs? Nope. All right. I've got two more questions on the docket. Oh, did you have I was going to say Dave the Diver is still is still <laughs> living on rent-free. That's partially recency It is bias. recency. Yep. <laughs> yep. Fuck yeah. Okay. But it is good, though. All right. Okay. Next question from Chris. What is the scariest game you've played? And is there a game you quit or refuse to play <laughs> because of the scare factor involved? There are so Great question, many. Chris. Yeah, very recent. Very recent. We hate scary games on this podcast. And yet every October we decide to do Spooky Games Month. That's like the only and tradition James we have. And just questions on. his whole life during that month. Yeah, I mean, like the number of life changes that I've experienced in the fall is pretty astonishing. Um, maybe there's a correlation. Uh, I would say I refuse to continue to play Layers of Fear. I refuse to continue to play Soma. I refuse mm -hmm. to continue to play um, Amnesia the Dark Descent. That was before the podcast, but I mean, mm. fuck that game, dude. Um, there's a lot of them. Like most scary games. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. What was that? I was gonna say the I Korean think... game. Yomawari. Oh, That's yeah. the one I no, was. No, but it's say. not the one he's thinking of. He's thinking of detention. I'm but thinking of detention, Yomawari. but I did refuse to play both of those games. Yeah, yeah. Great shot. <laughs> Great shot. <laughs> yeah, both count. Both count. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Yeah. The, the I one played... I remember like oh. playing for Spooky Games months was Yoma Yomawari, and that one after a bit, I was like, I think I'm done. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I, I reached. I reached it. that point. Um, in the intro, <laughs> dude, the intro to that game is the intro fucking to that game is wild. the most traumatizing thing I've ever experienced. Yeah, and McCoy has it on film of my reaction to that. I That's do. Beautiful. That's another Gabe like realizing that other people have feelings moment. 
yeah <laughs> so he kind of misses when it comes to scary factor right he kind of yeah. struggles to gauge that in people yeah. it's like when you ask someone is this spicy and they go fear. not really and then you eat it and you're like yeah. what the fuck you know right yeah i mean that that is like as good as we like talking about soma that was gabe's miss with soma where he's like it's not that scary i mean we're all under our tables clutching each other being like is it gone (laughs) it was never gone no Um. no soma was really fucking scary no doubt about it yeah no doubt about Mm it um and it was a really interesting backdrop to like dredge which was like not scary but like spooky you know it was really was spooky yeah in the way we were sort of thinking about it um trying to think there's like different types of scary too like 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 beginner's guide was really like emotionally scary mm. <laughs> you know i mean i wouldn't consider that a scary game no. though it it's a game that makes you think at the end and like is impactful so thinking yeah. that's like for impactful. some people is very scary <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say then in that case like you could argue pyre is yeah. scary oh <laughs> uh, yeah yeah um i don't know man we really do avoid this shit mostly like mm-hmm. like and i think it's just because it's like like for example someone could ask us what's the goriest most flesh there's a term for this body horror what's the most uh, body horror mm-hmm. piece of media you've consumed and i'd be like really i would struggle to like it'd be like you know one time i saw the like fucking armakulski game yeah. right yeah elden ring is a pretty body horror game too yeah so it you, is yeah i mean yeah. all the dark souls games are fairly like that mm-hmm dead space kind of yeah it's not body horror but like like we don't pursue these games you know no that's that's my point is like mm-hmm. we don't and i'd say we would just pursue body horror even less but yeah man detention was really fucking good though detention was a really good game god you talk, talk about a game i want to revisit that game is so short i would Okay. Play that on my phone. I watched a playthrough of that game and then like two months later learned that the person who did, made the playthrough was like grooming 16 year olds. What? And oh so, my God. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, dude, that's really cringe. I feel like, dude, you, you know you're, you've watched, you, you know you've consumed content long enough to what am i saying like you know you've consumed content for a long time when at least some percentage of the people that you followed have like just turned yeah and been canceled or been exposed yeah and like some of it is like damn they were canceled and it's like that was unfair and some of it's like i don't think anyone here is defending that (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) like there's some of that too where you're like listen listen i can have a nuanced take about whether or not you should be able to say this that and the other in a comedy club but nobody is accepting grooming 16 year olds (laughs) like you know what i mean it's like there's not really like a like a like a lot of people out there that we know i mean like and then everyone points out like there are people on the internet it's like yeah but i i've literally never met one human being with that perspective I, i guess they could be hiding it i don't think so like they exist but like I don't know any. You know what I mean? Like that that's where you start to get really obscure for me where it's like, yeah, I think we can all just agree on that one. I think that's fair to say. I think I think that one's a pretty safe agree. Don't yeah. do that shit. I actually have the opposite of this where I like am now terrified for the people that I do follow and I just really hope. Like for example, like for a while, right? Like if you think about day 9, 
it's like he was a really fantastic role model for a long time and i think still is if you tune into his stream his elden ring streams are hilarious like he's barely playing the game but he's just dropping mad knowledge um but i sat there and like if you follow other people in the esports scene like depending on the different perspectives especially people outside of starcraft they have the occasional like story of like a run-in with him that maybe was like not as nice as his persona seems and like I just, like, would look at that and be like, don't kill Day 9 for me, you son of a bitch. Like, get away. I don't care. Like, like let Day 9 be pure for me, please. And I think he actually is, though. But it's just, like, I have fear now that my content creators are going to, like, get turned. Not, not, not in the fear of, like, I don't want it to be exposed if it's true, but just rather I just don't want it to be true and I'm, I'm crossing my fingers. Do you guys have that feeling when you're, like, you're following people and you're just crossing your fingers. You're like, please, you're so pure. Like, please let it be true. Like, like, I don't, I don't want this image changed. Do you guys not feel that? I feel that. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, sure. I don't, I don't know. I just, I just, I don't think about it that much until some shit gets exposed and then I get disappointed. <laughs> mm. But like, okay, like, true. like Hafu, for example, she seems like so great. I don't want her, I don't want anyone to tell me the story that like secretly she yelled at some cameraman. I don't, I don't want that to be the case. You know what I mean? I just don't want that to be the case. I'm rooting for her to be nice. Like she seems on the video. She is nice. I met her. She's super nice. You met her? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. How, how have I never heard yeah, of yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, I met, I met Hafu once. Um, Cause she grew up in the Boston area and she like did a promoted thing at some at the mall once and i was like i'm free i'll like go <laughs> and meet her <laughs> wild we like we sick. like played fighting games and none of us knew what we were doing and just like button mashed that's so rad nice yeah. that's so cool what the fuck well we'll keep that that pure image yeah <laughs> of james playing with <laughs> and just in her being nice <laughs> yeah that's really great that's uh, good. That that has given me some peace. Um, yeah. All right. But any other scary games anyone wants to shout out? I think that's pretty... I think we listed every it. scary game we've ever played for the podcast. You know, I think we did. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Cool. And now for our last question that is not gaming related whatsoever. Okay. But it's just a fun miscellaneous one from Harold via email. I love traveling and was wondering what your dream vacation destination is. Hmm. Okay. Great question. You know, we travel to so many virtual worlds, you know. <laughs> yeah. Is there yeah. a virtual video game? Anyone trying to like go to Omicron, you know, maybe a little? Oh, oh my God, no. <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> Desperate absolutely nots. Um, I would love to visit um uh basically anywhere in asia i've never been to mm -hmm. asia and um i feel like there's so much incredible history there that i'd love to learn about and see and um like korea and japan and yep. um i mean i'd love to visit thailand and, and laos um indonesia um I'd love to go a lot of places. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Australia, South Africa. Mm. I know one of the 
one of the dream vacation destinations I have been that is on my bucket list is to go to New Zealand mm. is is my big one. Um, I my favorite animal is a whale, and I just have this like dream of just going kayaking and seeing humpback whales in New Zealand. And so uh, that is that is my dream vacation there. Something on my bucket list to do. Damn, it's so formed, bro. You could do it. That's <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why I had like a real answer to this question. She yeah, was ready, no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> well, I feel like she's like more of a traveler. I feel like, um, which yeah, that's. I mean, that's such a form vision, bro. Go do it. That's sick. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. For me, I am not really much of a traveler. I love road trips across the country. They've been really joyous, but it's mostly because I get to experience them from my car, like they're a, a real life video game. Um, jokes, but. For me, it's Japan, specifically, mm -hmm. and then Korea, specifically. Korea, because it's the home of StarCraft and esports in that way, like, and has, like, a deeper history, and also just Korean barbecue is fucking insane. so good, dude. Like, every, every <laughs> single thing I've ever had that's Korean food has been so delicious. Yeah. 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 Like, holy fuck. And, like, delicious, like, in the ways that speak to me without language. Like, we, yeah. I see you. Um Yeah. And like then I Japan. spent, I spent a weekend in Koreatown in New York City, and like we just kept going out to Korean food, and it was just so good. That's so good, dude. Oh, yeah. so that, and then um, I think Japan for me is always one that I've really wanted because, like, their their idea export is so distinct, like in the sense of like they have so many weird things and I like people like to point out the weird stuff from japan and there's so much weird stuff and i'd like to see some of that because i like seeing weird things um but also like they have like essentially like minimalism and like you know what sparks you know think mary kondo what sparks joy they have like very like a clear distinct like art style they have some of the best games in the world of course um they just have so much and they have so much like philosophy. I think that's how I'd like to put it. They have so much philosophy of how to live that is just very different than what's over here. And I think I would really enjoy that. Um, not entirely, but that's okay. You don't have to entirely enjoy anything. You can just cherry pick what you like. Um, and so it's always funny because it's like, you know, it's always people being like, yo, you got to get one of those Japanese toilets, man. They're amazing. And I'm like, do I need to do that? I was more thinking like going to one of those like really beautiful like bakeries where everything's like beautiful colors and like really neatly organized. But yeah, I guess we could, I guess we'll go to the bathroom while I'm there. Um, you know, <laughs> check it out. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just think like, and it turns out like a lot of places have what I'm describing. I just don't know it very well, but I just think they've done a really good job of exporting their ideas in a really beautiful way. Like, and I really like want I want to experience that because I think they've spoken a lot to me over the years as I've tried to like shape my own life and strategy. Yeah. So I would say that one of the ways that they like, exported oh. those ideas was when one of my friends brought home uh, a hentai book for each of his friends <laughs> when he went to Japan. You were going to say Pokemon cards, but that works too. No, no, no. And so he <laughs> gave it to me. And I was like, what the fuck do I do with this? It's in Japanese. <laughs> Yeah, that's hey, that should not stop you. you know? Well, yeah, you are, but, but you are missing some of the narrative, and the, you know the narratives are important. 
I need the story, bro. I, because just... You can't tell if they're sisters unless <laughs> you can read the words. God damn it. Mother. I'm really sorry. That's a joke with among our friend group. It's and I'm really like, I funny. Apologize. But it's really oh. funny. You don't have to apologize. It's straight fire. I feel like one of the things we do is we just leak some of these jokes. And like, I feel like people just hopefully have some kindness to like some things you may not fully understand. I hope so. Because if you don't have kindness, that's a real bad thing to say. So, so the thing is, okay, it's from this. It's from this interview with this comedian. But he wasn't joking it was just literally a like interview about him and how deep in his like because he's on the road all the time he didn't have a wife he's on the road literally all the time and he's just in hotels every night just like with his computer and porn basically and he's trying to describe like what it's like if that's your life for like 20 years and he's like well you just kind of go down the rabbit hole it just gets more and more intense for you and he just at one point says yeah, I mean, at this point, if they're not sisters, I can't get off. And he said it in such a matter-of-fact way that it wasn't a joke, but it was the funniest thing I had ever heard. I don't know how to describe it. It was so funny. Like, I can't, I just, it's like, I just, it's, uh. So, we reference that constantly. Um, if they're not sisters, I can't get off. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think if you've paid attention to the horniness of the world as it is steeping us all as it's just getting more and more and more intense it's like you know i mean that they took it took the stuff out of reddit right but essentially like all the i feel like everything is just getting hornier like youtube thumbnails are getting hornier like everything's just getting hornier it's like the 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 world of like if they're not sisters i can't get off is um it's like a cyberpunk future but it's like we're crawling towards it you know what i mean yeah. you could just feel the society crawling towards it so you know yeah. Elena, do you have a dream vacation? Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> um, sorry, I'm going to come back from that. Um, <laughs> She's like, yeah, it's a world where there are demon creatures that come from the sky. No. And like <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, I've become on board with the, the whole Japan trip, especially, you know, Gabe was there for right now. I, there, I definitely would like to go with people. Sounds like we can get James. I don't have a lot of like personal, mm -hmm. I don't have a lot of interest in like going by myself, but I would go with a group. Um, for me, I would love to go back to Scotland and like the mm. sort of like English countryside slash like Scotland and like the rolling hills and the sheep farms and all that kind of stuff. Um, that very much appeals to me as a vacation destination. Not much into beaches. So yeah, something like that would be great. Mm-hmm. Beaches are inconvenient. It's just sand everywhere. It's hot. Yeah. I don't really enjoy the water. I don't want to put my it's face in the water. It's rough and it gets everywhere. It's rough and it gets everywhere. I actually do feel that way about sand. Yeah. <laughs> for what it's me worth. Me too. <laughs> no, I mean, it's an I'm like, he got that one right, you know? Yeah. Like, it might not have been the right thing to say right then when he's romancing her. Um, I'd like to go to Naboo. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Because, like, those fields were pretty fucking nice. Um, that's all I can say. God, just all I Shout can hear in my New head Zealand is, like... Shout or wherever they did that. Yeah. yeah. Just, just when he's in the field and he's like, you're hiding from, like, an assassin group trying to kill her. And you're in a field, open field, with no perimeter. Like, nice. Let's roll around. Um, but anyways. Um... Oh, wait. Honestly, though? Okay, dream. here's my actual dream vacation. What appeals to me more than, like, the location, although there's locations I would like to go to, like I was just talking about, is, like, the event. Like, I like going places oh, to experience an event. Some of my top ones yeah. are, I 
uh, it is on my list. I will be going to a Comic-Con someday and I want to go to a fucking big one and yep. I want to just, I, I might dress up. Like I want to go experience it. I want to fully immerse myself. Uh, yeah, um, I'm down. Same thing. I would really love to go to a European Counter-Strike Yo, yes. Like this has been a dream and McCoy knows about this because I'm currently uh. trying to tar- harass him into going to DreamHack with me this year, um, which is in Dallas. But like a yeah. big European Counter-Strike tournament would be incredible. I would do the same thing. Like, I don't know if they still do League of Legends in Korea, China, anywhere over there, but like at that. So like something like that where you just get to go. That'd be so hype, dude. To this bizarre and wild event. That is my dream vacation that I love. Like the people watching and just all, all of it. Very the much. Smell. Appeals to me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I get it. I get it. Now, I think it's taken me a while to like get it. I I've been to a couple of league events and a couple of CS events or yeah. something like that. Yeah. But when I say a couple, I mean like two or one. You know what I mean? Yeah, we went to a couple back in the day. And they are so good. They are so good. Like what the fuck? They're so good. Just because the people are fucking weird. They're all sort of your crew, but just like not your crew. Like like I feel like our, we were always like into league but not into being into league. Do you know what I mean? Like we're super into league, but we're not sitting there like all wearing team hats to like fucking math class. But like I kind of regret like I now that I'm a little bit older, I want to wear the Teemo hat and I want to go and like I want to do it. Yo, we should hit up <laughs> fucking don't say this person's full name. Um <laughs> But like yeah, I mean um but that's and i like it I doesn't think we have could to be gaming for... but that is my new that's my vacation interest is like big event i i think so elena like we're doing some work right now because i am katavitsa is on which is like a one it's like it's a, one of the biggest counter-strike tournaments yeah of that's the year. a huge one mm-hmm. it's a huge one specifically because it is the biggest non-major so the majors they change org organizations they change like tournament organizer and they give it to each one so pgl or esl or whatever but they also change locations they try to like give this one to brazil this one goes to china this one goes to here and so i am katavice is the one place that has stayed consistent just what i'm saying it's the biggest consistent venue in counter-strike so in some ways it's almost like as important if not more important than a major and so it's going on right now and it is fucking lights out hype right now like these teams Mm -hmm. are fucking dialed and like there's a a generational shift going on in counter-strike right now so it's like you know the old guard that are really good and are really experienced have kind of consolidated on a couple of like super teams essentially like we finally got you know all of these people put together like if you look at phase for example it's like we finally got all of these superstars together like can they win and they're really, really, really good, but they're also, you know, the old guard to some degree. So they are, like, more experienced, more trained, more, like, stage-ready, more veteran, but also not at their peak, really, truthfully, like, in their whole career. Versus that, what that's allowed, because all the big teams have soaked up all the the top talent that's still playing, because, like, the rest of them are retired off. The, the Tier 2 teams are essentially just allowed to just farm all of the new talent so they have like multiple star level up-and-comers on these lesser teams that you're like oh fucking this team sucks and that's what i'm thinking when i look at the the who's facing who in the bracket and then i tune in and these guys are on 
fucking fire. Like, their shots are incredible. Their team play is incredible. Their movement's incredible. Like, these guys are stars. You just haven't heard of them yet. And so it's them facing, like, the best of the last era. And so that's what's going on right now. And so it's super fucking hype. Um, And I've just been watching that this week. And it's been <laughs> making it a little bit difficult. Also, my computer's been fucking shutting off, which has been nice, too. Um, But, like... If we can follow, so what we're doing right now is our work in terms of trying to understand that scene a little better. We've taken a little bit of a, a brief break from it. And so like, we're just trying to like see who's good, but if we could figure out who's good, we could approximately guess which kind of strike event will be hype as fuck to go to. Like we can do a good job choosing. So that's what I'm saying. If we do our due diligence now to watch these teams now and understand that scene, we could pick a banger. That's what I think. So, you know, never guaranteed, but I think we could get to like 70 to 80%. It's a banger. And so I think we should try to do that because like a banger Counter-Strike event is just like nothing. It's like nothing. It's just so, the crowd is just fucking, oh. Anyways. Okay. Elena's giving me signals that she is tired. (laughs) <laughs> no, I was just, just letting you finish your point, Elena, dude. you looked me straight in the eyes and then just closed your eyes and nodded off I, in the middle no, of me no, trying I, to describe I, that, I and I lost my point. I know that McCoy in has invented some kind of narrative here, and it is categorically untrue. I am fully awake. <laughs> I was legitimately just letting, trying to let you finish talking, Elena, which you, is a nice thing to do. You fully closed your eyes. I did not. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll have to ask the listeners. Well, this is not a visual <laughs> podcast, so we'll just leave it. To- it's best to what do you one. think, yeah, listener? <laughs> I'm going to get just an Elena cam to prove that I'm awake for the whole thing. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no. Cool. Uh, all right. But anyway, thank you so much for your questions yeah. that you all submitted to us out here. And honestly, like, even though this is the end of a Q&A episode, um, and if you're still listening, like, keep sending us questions sure honestly like we we love receiving mail tyranny of thumbs at gmail.com um we also love receiving messages on instagram tyranny of thumbs and uh yeah if you ever have any just like questions uh you know feel free to hit us up and we'll do our best to get back to them in a timely timely enough manner yeah um if you if you suggest that like maybe uh, a fan discord is where we should be receiving these questions then maybe we'll take that into consideration yeah yeah and just and just again i will just underscore like there's this weird feeling among all of us that this thing might be sort of real in the sense that people might actually care i mean we care it's been great for us but um that's been awesome and like thank you so much for like giving giving us that feeling is crazy truthfully that feeling is is really insane and it, it really humbles i think all of us and but also gives us this giddy's form of like motivation to like continue it like gives us like this desire to like put back effort in um but but moving that to the side for a second just as individuals it is so fucking nice to hear from people that just have some nice interesting thing to say about some game or some podcast episode some point you made or whatever even if it's just hey you know you ever thought about it this way it's just fucking it's just a really interesting thing to happen in the middle of your normal work day you just open your phone it's like you know it's like physical mail. I don't get good things in my mailbox. They come either in packages, in boxes, or they don't come at all. But it's almost as if, like, 
these people have figured out how to put nice little messages like in my physical mail. Like I never thought it was possible. Like I open my phone and I'm like, oh, that's kind of, that's kind of nice. And uh, I can't really like underscore enough like how much that's really nice to be honest. But uh, cool. No need to blabber anymore. Nice. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's get out of here. Let's get uh, down clap to outro, business. I guess. Holy shit. <laughs> clap outro that's a great Let's idea oh, wow. great fucking okay. idea all right we'll do a clap outro in three two one wow <laughs>